Well, Sam, I made it, despite the gate being smashed up. Ah, Floyd, our videography friend, welcome. I hope you're prepared for an unforgettable podcast. Yep. Now, Floyd, you haven't podcasted before, right? No, but I'm open to new experiences. Good. I need an open mind. Now sit in the recording chair while I strap you in. Why do I need to be strapped in? That sounds uncomfortable. It minimizes sound. What happened to being open? Yeah, alright. Sorry, go ahead. Who's going to strap you in? Nobody, fool! It's curtains for you! Kreider, how long have you been strapped in for recording? Floyd, don't listen to him. We don't strap ourselves in for recording anymore. I already am! Yes, and once my tethered friends return with your breaks from his destructive escape, the experiment can begin. Why make us wait? Just kill us already. Why kill you when we can switch our minds for your bodies? A seamless transition to society. I don't know how brain surgery works, but I'll get it right at some point. <laughs> oh god, Floyd, we have to escape. Are you guys fucking with me? What? No! That's evil tethered Sam. Did you hear me? Just explained it. Look, I'll do my part, but this all seems extra just a podcast. This is not part of podcasting. We are going to die. Not this episode, we aren't. What? Uh, my tethered trial, friends. Your friends couldn't handle my friend, you doppel-ding-bat. And you won't be able to either. Chili, attack! Oh god, no, not the monkey! <laughs> Why? Get him off me, please! Get him off me, Play me, trial! Get off him, you ape! You know, it's funny. Chili attacked Tethered Cryer first, also. Are we recording yet? Some movies make you feel good. Some movies make you sick. But the best movies come in threes. Baby, let's take a trip to So that happened. Yeah. Yep. I'm back, guys. Don't you worry. I lived. Or did he? Ah, uh, uh, maybe Sam was the tethered one all the time. <gasps> Whoa. Spoilers? Spo- spo- I don't think we can... Sp- Presumably, you should have watched the movies before listening to this. That's yeah. true. We're- Especially considering when, when was this? When was that movie made? Us was, let's see, it was 2019. Yep. Yeah, so that was 2019? That's yes. pre-COVID, so you ain't got no excuses. Yeah, it was 2017 for Get Out. 2019 for us, and then we had to wait until 2022 for Nope. Welcome hmm. to Triptych, y'all. Welcome to Triptych. We hey. have a we have a very special guest in the studio yes. today. Spoiler, here's our guest, Floyd. Hi, everybody. This, this is uh, Joshua Lenberg Floyd. He is a photographer, cinematographer, artist. Uh, he's my inner rival. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a wonderful talent, and we love working with him on all our films. And if you like the way our films look, it is thanks to him and Briggs, because uh, they're, cam- they're the camera crew. Yeah. See, the, the thing that separates us, though, is that 
Floyd's a nerd, and he knows all the technical shit. I just know what looks good to my eye. I don't know anything about technical non. I just find all of it fascinating, so I always study all the cameras and all the terms and all the gear and all the tech behind it. ISO means it's so on for me. (laughs) I just learned that, too. (laughs) I'm embarrassed, because what does ISO stand for? Um, I don't actually know. I just what know does IT be... stand for? <laughs> what ISO does I stand for? Used to be ASA, but I don't even know what that stands for. So yeah, I you know, and that's but you know what's funny is like film is full of weird little things where like MOS, like everybody has a different definition for what MOS is. Mm-hmm. For some people, it's like well, Germans used to make movies and yeah. they would say "mit out sound" because you know it sounds like without. Well, that's like how you would say it in. With a half German, yeah. but also the way I always heard it was motor only sound. Like all you're hearing is the, just the camera operating. So there's no. You know. I like that more. That doesn't sound stupid. Motor mm. only sound stands more. It makes a little more sense than mit out sound. But like it's literally a debate. Like people don't know. <laughs> I mean, wasn't that like a hundred years ago or something? Or it's, oh, that's what I'm that? saying. It's just, yeah. So who cares? <laughs> cinema is more than a hundred years old at this point. You know. Yeah. Yeah, as we learn in one of our movies, uh, the movies we're going to be talking about today are, we finally got them, three movies by Jordan Peele. Yeah, so so it's important to note, too, so, you know, up until now, we've really only covered I, either, like, actual established trilogies, you know, like the Star Wars movies or the um, uh, Godfather. We've covered loosely connected trilogies, you know, like the Dollars trilogy, which it's like those are all individual movies, but are still kind of tied together by the Clint Eastwood character. So now we're doing a director curated trilogy. So none of these movies are connected story wise at all or characters or anything, but they are all underneath a single filmmaker. No, and you know, you could argue that this is like an American Cornetto trilogy. Yeah, like... In a way, yeah. I could see that. But the Cornetto movies, you know, he made movies in between, and they have a very distinct, you know, flavor that they all share, which maybe isn't the case with these. So yeah, this is our first, like, director-curated trilogy that's not... Purposefully, like... Well, I don't know. It's like the Cornetto trilogy just became that, you know? Because, I mean, we've talked about directors before, like, uh... Like, uh... The, the the director of the James Bond films. Well, yeah, but those Young, yeah. that's just because we wanted to do you know we wanted to James do a James Bond, Bond movie and that yeah was... that, that had and, some uh, tied to them and we didn't want to do and, and you know there are kind of sort of story ties throughout those three also okay know? that's fair yeah but no so uh, you know Jordan Peele as of 2022 now has his first three feature length films under his belt so, as a director yeah as a director yeah. so we figured what better time than now to go ahead and Dig on in. Yeah, no, and it, it, it is Black History Month, hopefully, when we're releasing this. It's, uh, it's a busy month because we're also filming right now. And, uh, you know, we priority is always making films over discussing films. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, unlucky with the rain during it. And but the wind. so, <laughs> Floyd, uh, let's, let's talk a, bit, a little bit about your relationship with cinema. Uh, when did you get into it? I mean, watching it, I've been doing that since the fucking 90s but actually shooting and being involved i dabbled with it in high school because i was helping out a friend with a um like midterm final project that like needed a cameraman Hmm. and i was curious about it like and i had my own little crappy uh like ape tech 
Uh, oh, I remember Ape Tech cameras. <laughs> oh, like the really chunky ones with, with the, the flip out screen. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it's like <laughs> yeah. weird one handed camera. MPVR, I think it was. I had one of those and they needed me to just like, this before everybody had uh, cell phones with uh, video functionality, but I recorded that. I had fun like playing around with the edit, but then like I didn't pursue it right away. It was like five years later when I was in. Broward College, I started going to um, Central Campus, and it was like, wow, there's a actual film program starting. Let me, you know, see what it's like. And then got into that, met Briggs, met you, and then through meeting you, met Sam. And then from there, I just, like, stuck with it since 2012 and just kind of naturally gravitated towards um, just operating camera because i hated holding the sound bar or booming and i hated um yeah. <laughs> booming is a bitch like i don't mind directing but it is nerve-wracking you lose your hair and you go crazy doing it but uh wow. you do tell are you <laughs> man you're literally insulting this man no, his I'm, own girlfriend's home i'm losing my hair as we speak right now just very at a slower pace. No, but because I've directed so many shorts, it literally I'm kills losing you. My hair. It okay. literally kills you. <laughs> you know Man, what? That that must be why my hair is as long and luscious as it is. Because you only you only direct more. You only direct on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> well, find what you love and let it kill you. <laughs> and then because I'm doing like more photography these days, like I'm shooting them and directing them at the same time and getting them to put in like poses and outfits that I want. So I'm. No, now you're slowly just, going crazy too. You're nah. slowly injecting directorial poison into yeah, your it's, body. Yeah, it's like a slow drip instead of the the hard stuff. It's, it's <laughs> taking me out. Welcome to the monkey house. Yeah. <laughs> now, and we were in the inaugural film program at Broward College. We were the guinea pigs. We were the guinea pigs, yeah. and it's before they it got is, reds. It is hilarious because you know I won't they go into specifics, but think so. I think the class started out with like fourteen or fifteen people. And by the end, it was you guys, me, and, like, two other dudes. For yeah. film yeah. one, yeah, it was, like, 15 people. There, I think by film three, it was, like, maybe, like, six of us in the yeah. class. Yeah. I, I remember it. five, because I remember Patina yeah, didn't be some... really do anything. It was just me, you, Torres, Floyd. <laughs> I, we were uh, the ones doing shit. And Ken, because he's... Oh, God, yes, <laughs> Ken, you know, we got... God damn it. <laughs> I don't... Man, now I wasn't part of the the film program myself. The, I was mostly just the one because you were. I was the actor that shit. everyone just pulled. No, and yeah. like literally, people that had no relation to you would just be like, "Let's use Sam." You know? <laughs> like there was that really good cowboy one. Oh yeah, the cowboy one. And there's the other one with Philip where you were the therapist and we made you look exactly like Freud. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that was that was Torres' film, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I was the DP on that one. And what I was really proud of was we shot it Gollum style, where mm-hmm. when the guy's talking to his multiple personalities, we had like, oh yeah, you know, switching the camera so he's wow. like from the right side to the left side, so it <laughs> looks like a conversation. Yeah, I remember that year, that semester in particular, I aided like almost everyone's films out of circumstance. I, <laughs> and I hated it. it. It almost killing you because yeah. that was back when you would get sick for every shoot. It yeah, was... and then I know, you know my shoot, I was just a fucking corpse on set. You were literally just in the wheelchair, Dolly. Yeah, dying like... the whole time. <laughs> I and remember then, that. And then I had to wake up the next day in A.D. Floyd's film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, and um, you but, had to get like because we were shooting in like a little room for Floyd's film where I was like a, a like a bully character or something. Yep. And yeah, you, and every time between shots, you were like, "All right, I'm gonna sit down now." Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! But 
it was still fun. We've uh, there's still the feeling of getting away with things, mm-hmm. you know. But um, we were not getting bl- away with things. Yeah. Well, well, nobody, nobody was like, oh, we're proud of our boys. Like, no. I really felt like we were like unwanted stepchildren we in the visual and performing shoot. arts. In the library, like they gave us side looks and like wouldn't make space for us, and it was like, oh no, you gotta. Yeah, they didn't really time, give a shit about us back like, then. Yeah. No, and what was fun was there was an abandoned art building that we found where we would just yeah, start shooting yeah. in there. That was cool. Because like that nobody was, nobody gave a shit. Yeah, that was where I tried to shoot creature feature, and then like, it, it's yeah. I mean, it's oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. there's the one with his sister. Yeah, I did. I don't think I actually got to be like in that art space you guys talked about. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I, I think I that was a, the one that you weren't in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I found a box of doll parts that I still have to this day. <laughs> I remember you sending me the picture of that. Like, look what I found. <laughs> it's it was a in- box it's, of doll it's, parts. It's interesting, like, when I first started at BC, they didn't have the film program yet, and so I just took, like, a liberal arts course or track or something like that and so i was in the art building there for classes like just a year prior to Mm. us doing creature feature and so yeah like going back and seeing it just completely deserted and dilapidated was a trip do you ever tore it down and replaced it with something oh yeah i'd imagine it's long gone there's a there's a few locations like the abandoned um dairy farm out in chrome Oh, yeah. It's like there's a few spots that are like gone now that it's like, man, if I could take my talent now <laughs> and you know, go back to then. You know where I've always wanted to shoot something, anything, is uh, out of the Aerojet facility, out in the Everglades, the abandoned Air Force base yeah, with the missile silo. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. that's oh. what I'm talking about. Oh, I you said they... Dairy Farm. It's been a couple of things. It's like a whole bunch of things. Oh, yeah. okay. Huh. No, and I don't even know if you can access that anymore. I think it's completely No, you can, well... go, you can go there, I think. I've, I've had friends go down. and Well, let's, we'll, we'll check it out. We should... It's still very, you know, in the... Because I think it's owned by the the Everglades National Park Ah, people now. Like, they just kind of overtook that space, I think. I don't know if they still have that um, abandoned, like, prison or whatever in Broad. I think they um, That, I think, isn't there anymore. Yeah. I always wanted to shoot there at some point, but... Because it's, like, a really huge, spooky-looking space, but... Ooh. It's um, hard to find good locations. That's why, you know... This last one, we just went back to my childhood home. Yeah. Fucking skinema <laughs> rink style. But before going into Jordan Peele, I also just want to say, you know, Floyd, when it comes to, like, we all kind of have pronounced genres of films that we really enjoy, like Briggs is horror, Kreider is kind of, like, surreal and noir, I'm fantasy and sci-fi. What would you say are some, like, genres and, like, filmmakers that are the most inspirational to you making films? I mean, I have always liked sci-fi. I've always liked horror. Um... I mean, honestly, like it was, I had I had grown up seeing like a bunch of different, you know, big time directors, your Spielbergs and your like uh, Tarantinos and all that. And I was like, that's People. really impressive, but it was also kind of intimidating. But then like around about uh, end of high school, going into college, I started watching like trauma and like no budget <laughs> fucking movies. And I was like, wow. If they can do it, then anybody can fucking do it. You know, you and I are on very, very similar wavelengths when yeah. it comes to the type of horror shit that we're into. No, and you, you're, you, you, you lean a little more avant-garde sometimes. You've seen more of the yeah, slice I've seen of more life, weird shit, too. artsy stuff. But like meeting uh, Carter, I was like, okay, well, he's been doing it for X number of years. Like, yeah, I can easily, you know. I'm a witness. You're, <laughs> you're an inspiration, Carter. Yep, I've been doing this for 19 years. Jesus. You want to fight me? Fight these tears. (laughs) (laughs) 
The uh, X gonna give it to you. And so, you know, with that, I do wonder, like, how much of an inspiration Jordan Peele will be to future filmmakers. And oh, we kind of see that on, like, social media as we go. No, yeah. he's too hyped. That's the problem, is people will be like, can we just agree that Jordan Peele is the best director of all time? Bro, even, even Jordan, Jordan Peele doesn't like, say that. <laughs> no, guys, please don't do that to me. Calm down. <laughs> he's made... Which, you know, I love that. I love the oh, fuck yeah. out of that. Like, well, he's a true cinephile, which I love. Yeah. And a social media, like, weirdo. Like, like he he responded to a kid being like, so is, uh, is Get Out a Christmas film? And he's like, well, it's got no. a guy with a white beard or several deer. It's got a guy trying to get out of uh, a weird hole. But yeah, go for it. <laughs> is Get Out a Christmas movie? I say yes. <laughs> They're but. giving the greatest gift of all, forced brain transplant. <laughs> now, we'll get into that, how how horrible that procedure seems to be. Because uh-huh. you're just walking around with a melting white person brain, and you're just like, oh, hello there. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to these. I know we, we talked pretty extensively about Nope already in our 2022 wrap-up. Yeah, no, we, ad- wrap we addressed up. it. So. Yeah, it was uh, one of Kreider's favorite films of the year. That was one of his uh, one of his three that he picked. One of my mm. four, because I Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. It's my podcast, so I'm going to cheat. He picked Everything Everywhere All at Once, Nope, right. and then he combined X with uh, Pearl. Well, I mean, kind of. I only say that because X wouldn't, well, Pearl wouldn't exist without X. Yeah, and no, X yeah. is going to give really it to good, you. So. And X is going to give it to you. And but I you get, could get that. it on your own. X going to deliver it to you. <laughs> and I get that both were made at the same time as well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah like pretty much end to end. It and, counts. Um, or ass to ass. I'm excited to uh, rewatch <laughs> Pearl. Yeah, I was explaining to my girlfriend that it's Lady Joker. <laughs> I mean, that, that monologue part is fantastic, man. No, and you know, you know what's funny is like. I was talking to my girlfriend. My girlfriend doesn't love horror as much as I do, but um, she's she's not she's amenable to a slasher movie. And she was like, "Oh, I'll watch X if it's just like stupid kids dying." And I'm like, "Well, no, actually, you kind of like these kids." And she's like, "Well, then I don't want to watch it." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, you don't want to see Kid Cudi." Crider, <laughs> I think you were overselling it. You don't like these characters. Yes, I, I, At least yeah, I don't do. like these characters. Yeah, just like because them. you don't like them doesn't mean we don't like so them. So maybe nerd. she'll be on my side. Who knows? You know, maybe I'm for for some reason I'm more sympathetic to independent pornographers. <laughs> maybe mean, you are. I kind of like I'm, all of them, honestly. Like, it yeah, wasn't... dude, they weren't bad people. No, they were cool. No, no, I'm not saying they're bad people i just didn't care about them okay <laughs> shut up nerd because i am a monster i used to think i was the misanthrope do you want to go ahead and get into these then yeah <laughs> yeah get out chris washington is a simple photographer capturing random moments in life but when it comes to the moments of his own life he doesn't look it in the eye Now as he goes to face his racist girlfriend's racist family at the racism party, he'll soon learn that meeting people is a mistake of the human condition. Something he figured out before having his mind fucked and nearly removed. But this is already what you learn when you're passing to get out of the Twilight Zone. Wow. So that was was very good. (laughs) You know, and um, yeah, we forgot to uh, mention that, yeah, Jordan Peele did do the uh, modern take on Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah. So Which is the like... Season. Hmm? I still haven't seen the second season of that. Is it a second season now? I thought they... I thought it didn't work out in the first season. Pretty sure there's a second season. They did two seasons and then... Yeah. Oh, and then they stopped making them. Well, you know, that whole CBS... 
it was CBS All Access, and then yeah. it became Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then thousands of people downloaded Paramount Plus because they assumed that Yellowstone would be on it because it's on Paramount. And they were like, no, you have to do this thing called Peacock now. <laughs> like, and that's when we all were like, I don't like streaming anymore. <laughs> and I was like, look at me with these lovely Blu-rays. I can watch movies that I like whenever I want. And here's and here comes HBO Discovery being like, all right, Yay. we're not sure if we want this HBO Max thing anymore. No, I thought it was just called uh, Max now. Is it Max they now? I don't know what the hell it is. It's, it's, it's the Max with two X's. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> it crazy is purple, homeless so guy with the underbite. Uh, it is purple, so it would match. So yeah, Get Out. Who the hell saw this one coming? No, like, this came out of nowhere. I mean, I was yeah. I was a big fan of Key and Peele. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And what's funny is they had made a movie before this that they wrote and starred in called um, Keanu, Keanu, which is just <laughs> I've about... I've never seen that one. Same, I still have yet to see Keanu. <laughs> what I like about Keanu is that they're double-casted, so they also play the evil criminals. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, yeah, so so Jordan Peele, um, in the sketch comedy in Keanu and in Get Out, there's this interesting thing about code switching, right? You know, which is that like, from what I understand, an African American will have like they'll they have a different voice that they kind of put on around white people, but if they want to be intimidating, they'll put on like a blacker voice. Isn't that, isn't huh. that, I haven't seen the movie yet, but isn't that also uh, kind of like the. Uh... The kind of premise around... Um, sorry to bother you? Yes, yeah, sorry to bother yeah, you. Yeah, we're very much a premise Lakeith, of that movie, and it works fantastically. I also, love that, and sorry to bother you. <laughs> Lakeith Stanfield, let's shout him out as my favorite weirdo dude nowadays. Which, oh, okay, yeah. I was thinking about that. So uh, you said you've never seen him play a normal person except for the first few minutes of Get Out. That's wrong, because he came off normal as fucking uh, Knives Out also. Remember, he was the cop. You're right, oh, you're yeah. right. He no, you're right. He's the straight man cop to Noah Segan's yeah. fanboy cop. So, in that one. so like I, I went back. So it's been a minute since I watched Get Out or Us. So I went back and watched them at work yesterday while I'm at my desk because you know why would I work at work? Um, <laughs> but uh, and I was looking up on Wikipedia. Briggs works at a hospital. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I know. I'm, in the, I'm, in the, I'm in the trauma ward. It's okay. But uh, anyway, because you have trauma. Yeah. Uh, I'm not here for your trauma. I'm here for mine. (laughs) But anyways, I was looking it up on Wikipedia and um, looking both movies up and just kind of blown away at all the stuff that I've seen these actors in before that I didn't even realize. Yeah. No, and um, yeah, like you didn't realize that the dad was uh, fucking one of the dudes from Cabin in the Woods. Dude, he looks so different. But when I clicked on his name on Wikipedia, it's him from the Cabin in the Woods oh, era, where he's yeah. got the red, he's got hair on top of his head instead he's of on his face. Most known from um, what was it? Uh, West Wing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Wing, yeah. He's really good in it too. Now that guy's that mm-hmm. guy's a great actor. I obviously know Al. Um, we have Daniel Kaluuya, right, Lil, yes. Lil Ray Howard as a uh, as Rod Who, from the TS he, motherfucking. He is, he is the best part of this whole movie for me. No, and like, like I was he steals every scene he is in. <laughs> and there's a great part where he's like talking to Daniel Kaluuya, and he's like, Jeffrey Dahmer was having 
was like fucking guys and after was like eating guys after he fucked their heads. Do you think anybody saw that coming? No, they didn't. And I said that to Briggs, and Briggs was like, "This movie won an Academy Award for screenwriting." <laughs> you know, that's the one thing I just kept thinking about yesterday. Is this is a fucking Oscar-winning script, and I'm here for it. Well, to be fair, that was apparently uh, improv. Improved that line. Well, that's amazing. Though. Apparently, yeah. like Lil Ray, like he uh, improved most of his lines. That's funny as hell. <laughs> that works. Lil Ray Howard, um, did anybody see Bad Trip? No, but yeah, I heard no. about it. Yeah. Rick, uh, Sam, you haven't seen Bad Trip, the Eric Andre movie yet? Oh, wait, yeah, okay, I did see Okay, yeah, yeah he's he, the friend in that he's one. He's the friend, really? Oh, man. Yeah. Wow, he looks so different. No. Like, he like, plays like a, like, like I don't know, like, in, in Get Out, he's a little more, like, confident and, like, friendly, and then in the... And then in Bad Trip, he looks like yeah, he's, he's kind of a, wimpy and nerdy. Well, like he's, he's a straight man to both Tif- Tiffany Haddish and Eric Andre. Right, of course. <laughs> which is hard to do. So I'm going back looking at the dad now, Bradley Whitford. Bradley Bradley Whitford. I always, and because so, of because of Kevin the Wood specifically, I always think of Richard Jenkins so and Bradley Whitford. Like so, I mix we, them up. so we know him from Cabin in the Woods. Wikipedia is saying his biggest claim to fame was the West Wing. All right. But looking at his picture, I'm like, man, I know I've seen him somewhere else too. Guess what he was also in? He's the villain from Billy Madison. What? Oh wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, remember the one douchey like corporate dude that's like they have the they have the educational back and forth uh, thing at the end. Uh, there are certain Adam Sandler movies that I can't rewatch. <laughs> I mean, I haven't Waterboy seen that movie, so. and oh, Billy boo, Madison. Boo. I can rewatch Waterboy. Water not too bad. I can rewatch Waterboy, but I don't want to watch Little Nicky ever again. I've seen Little Nicky several times because no, I love it. I'm, I'm good. My favorite part of Little Nicky is that Tarantino's in it. <laughs> yeah, he's the blind. <laughs> he's uncredited prophet. in Little Nicky. <laughs> we also forget we've talked about Bradley Whitford in our first episode. Oh, oh fuck he's yeah. King of the Monsters, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, because mm. King of the Monsters just has way too many smarmy guys. We yeah, had like Thomas Middleditch. He's the most smarmy of yeah, them Yeah, he's all. like the annoying comic he, he, relief. Yeah, he's like kind of doing the what we call weedening, where you <laughs> undercut something by being like, yeah, well, you know, he's just a giant lizard, is he? <laughs> Speaking of which, I finally got into uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, Hell, wow. Yeah. How far are you in? 30 years no, too I late. No, I finished it. I oh, like, 20 years too late, yeah. I... I doesn't matter. Show's amazing. I love. I mean, oh, Sam's gonna talk your ear off after the only, we're off mic. <laughs> no, no, no. I have a, a friend who always loved it. Was always trying to get me to watch, but I just like kept resisting because it's super old, and I was like, I probably won't get into it. But I did enjoy it. The only thing was Hulu has like this shitty version of it where it's like they didn't crop it all the way, and you can see like the director or like extras and some of the framing of it because it's like what? Yeah, it's there's the DVD version that's like perfectly. You know, crops and looks Just good. release shit square, guys. Like, it's fine if it's square. I don't know what the deal was. Like, they just used, like, the original footage for some of the shots. And it's like, you can see, like, somebody just out of the frame, like, waving their hands and this, this, that, or whatever. Like, other than that, and the dated uh, CGI, because it was made in the fucking 90s. Streaming. Uh-huh. It sucks. It's, it's, uh, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, and Buffy was, like, Buffy's a great, you know, uh, gateway horror yeah, when I was a little kid, not yeah. just gateway horror, but just like great action and comedy. Like I think probably de- definitely one of the best like CWWB era type. Yeah, it was like, WB yeah. back then, bro. Yeah, it was WB yeah. back then, like you know, teen 
drama monster Back fantasy. When they had Michigan J Frog as their mascot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't you remember, like during the cut, the commercial? I remember. Breaks, I remember. Um, really, he just, starts singing and dancing. Hello, my baby. I'm the WB. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Get Out though. I remember when this was first announced. And it's like, oh, hey, Jordan Peele's going to direct a horror movie for this small studio under Universal called Bloomhouse. Oh, yeah, Bloomhouse. so like, had Bloomhouse done anything? Was it just The Purge before they'd, that? They'd had some stuff around, but I don't think they were like the juggernaut that we see them as they today. They hadn't done like Conjuring. The juggernaut that they part? were briefly after Get Out and yeah. the first Halloween movie. Wait, yeah, because those were back to back. Like, yeah, no, uh, yeah. yeah, it was 2017 to 2018, so... Um, but anyways, I remember just seeing, it's like, Jordan Peele's gonna do a horror movie for Bloomhouse, and I'm like, well, that's, what, how, like, cause I don't, <laughs> like, so I didn't watch, I've never really watched much of Key and Peele, mm. unfortunately, I know I need to go back and rectify that, but it's, I know yeah. Jordan Peele from Mad TV. Yes. Oh, yeah, both Key and Peele were on Mad TV <laughs> yeah, before, they were really and, good. and so that's, that's my frame of reference for Jordan Peele. And so thinking, wow, this guy? And not only Mad TV, he was in one of the early, early casts, I think, wasn't he? No, no, no. He was, because uh, the show started in like Yeah, he wasn't in 96. the first cast. No, not the, no. but he was in one of the earlier iterations. He was in he? the later ones, because it's like oh, really? from 95 to like 2000 and five i think it lasted some, somewhere in that range and he was like the last it with a bunch of nobodies and nobody yeah <laughs> he was like the last three years of it more or less oh wow i thought he was in there a lot earlier no but, no but Early either way is like orlando bloom and uh, orlando uh, bloom uh Avery spears orlando bloom was not on Mad. no 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 um orlando jones sorry i got <laughs> it mixed up orlando i'm sure orlando Phil, bloom uh, Phil Lamar, like Phil right Lamar, around yeah. the pulp fiction era yeah and then uh deborah i forget her last name but she does like all the voice acting for every black female character now oh, oh and um nicole sullivan yeah nicole sullivan yeah and uh your boy from halloween kills michael mcdonald uh, yeah, yeah. stewart yeah was way but uh him. but no so yeah so either way mad tv was my only frame of reference for jordan peele so i'm just like how the fuck is this gonna work? Like, what's that even gonna be like? And so, honestly, I skipped out on don't on Get Out for quite some time. And I remember when it came out and then blew the fuck up. And I just never got around to watching it until maybe about two, three years ago, something like that. I remember we were filming um, God's Lips at the time, one of our short films. Yeah. Oh yeah. Check it out like, on the website. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a quote-unquote short film that took a very long time to film so most of 2017 was what our shooting for that mm-hmm. mm. and um i remember get out came out and a friend of mine i won't name names because this is not great for him but um he said you should watch it because it's like man it's like the black guy becomes as bad as the white people you know what? and then i remember what watching movie did he watch and then i remember <laughs> watching get out and being like what the fuck? That is not what happens at all. I, it might have been uh, later after... I mean, it would have had to have been later, but I remember hearing you and Sam talk about it in the car, and I was like, you got me interested in wanting to see it, and I think like maybe like a month or thereafter I saw it on like home video. Sam, did you watch it in the theater with us? Yeah, I went with you guys. Nice. Yeah, uh, that was... Because I remember actually you and I having that discussion about like, oh, he said the black guy becomes as bad as the white people. I'm like, what? That seems like a lot of self-defense to me. Yeah, that seems like... He didn't do anything that I wouldn't be 100% yeah. okay with doing. And, and, you know, like, this movie 
when we say it blew up, it blew the fuck up. Like it was mm-hmm. made for four point five million, and it grossed over two hundred and fifty million. Apparently, the that's a hell of a return. The thing that really blew me away, though, like obviously, okay, so horror movies, you know, obviously it can be a crapshoot. You know, some horror movies don't do as great; others will blow up and become blockbusters. So, Get Out blowing up and becoming a blockbuster wasn't all that surprising what really caught me was months later when the oscar nominations came out and it got a considerable amount of oscar love it jordan peele was nominated for best original screenplay and best director Mm. and then wasn't the movie overall just nominated for best picture i believe so right it's like seeing that i'm like what the fuck where did this come from (laughs) like first off the Academy doesn't give a shit about horror movies. Yeah, traditionally like, they don't. Yeah, like they don't. They could care There's less your, about that you have genre. Your Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, and it's like this is like the only one since Silence of the Lambs to really gain traction with the Academy. Well, I think. it was a really original idea and like a an original uh, like concept. And plus, you could throw in the whole race thing, and it's like the end of Obama and like going into Trump and all that, like it's the perfect time. And then the Oscar Academy's always been. And I know they, at the time they had been trying to branch out to more commercial, uh, favored films as well. Just to kind of shape a water one next year. Yeah. To, to boost the ratings. Okay. Yeah. So that is one of, that is one of the other few horror adjacent. Exceptions. I mean, I don't consider shape of water, a horror movie, horror adjacent. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's literally erotic. the creature from the black lagoon. It's, yeah, it's too it's sexy in the horror neighborhood. I'd say Yeah, it's, a, that's why I say it's adjacent. No, my nightmare meter is low and my boner meter is high. When I watch shape <laughs> of water. here we are, he, he, the, the, sh- the film was nominated for four Oscars. Jeez. Uh, best achievement in directing. Uh, and then best performance by actor in a leading role to Daniel Kaluuya. Wow. Okay, I forgot about that one. Best nice. motion picture of the year, okay. and it won best original screenplay. Mm-hmm. So it only won best original screenplay. Yep. Oh, he didn't win best director. Nope. That's wow, I awesome. It, it deserves it though. Yeah. No, that really blew me away. And while it still took me a couple of years after that to finally actually see Get Out, like I was still kind of stoked to see that. It's like your first time directing it's a it's a movie outside of your known genre and you knocked it out of the park that far like holy shit congratulations dude mm-hmm. <laughs> no and but the thing about being an actor is and i've heard people say that it's like you are going to film school every day you know mm. like you're you're working with good directors and you're learning you're learning a lot of the tricks of the trade. So it's like becoming an act, an actor, becoming a director. It's like, they've had some of the best firsthand experience that you can possibly have. Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And like Jordan Peele, like before this, he had worked with Noah Hawley on Fargo season one, which is like, he's one of my favorite people working these days. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like get out though. It's like, you know, it is my favorite of the trilogy. And you definitely feel like he spent a lot of time on it. You know, it's like his first movie, so he spent a lot of time working it. He had to make it as precise as possible because he had a low budget. Right. So, like, he really didn't have the room to fill it with crazy ideas like that he would get later on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he goes He gets a lot more crazy after <laughs> this great. one. But you know what? I love seeing it, though. You no, know? I do, too. I want to see something that I haven't seen before, and he gives me that like pretty much every time. He was, yeah. an, he was an unproven director outside of his comfort zone and just killed it so hard like right out of the gate. 
now and you know it's it's uh, both a blessing and a curse because like you know it's like oh he's a great director now it's like we don't talk about it enough you know it's like well let's let's talk about the nitty-gritty of jordan peele you know and like mm-hmm. and like what made get out so fucking special i think what made get out so good is that and we see this with his next ones where it's like the the symbolism and the metaphor and with the story are woven together like seamlessly in this one first off. Well, like this was my first time noticing the butterfly metaphor. Butterfly metaphor. Me. Well, they What's call that? the surgery the coagula. Okay. Which is like coagulating is like can mean a number of things, but like in this case it's referring to when you turn into liquid inside of a cocoon. Mm. Oh. Hmm. But do you remember like the weird VHS where it's like, behold, the coagula? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so that's, huh. Maybe that's, is you know, something that I'm like a little, like just my little bit is that the, how the brain surgery thing works is a little confusing because it's like they're removing a brain or at least they're cutting open Stephen Root's head. Well, they don't, Stephen, that's the thing is like, they're not switching the brains. They're there. not switching the yeah, brains. They're, they're, it's like the brain they're swapping is... parts of the brain. Yeah. So mm. they're taking most of Stephen Root's brain out. And most of Daniel Kaluuya's brain out. They're throwing out Stephen Root's body and Daniel Kaluuya's brain and putting most of Stephen Root's brain on like a little bit of Daniel Kaluuya's brain because it has to connect to the central nervous system. Okay, that's making sense And that's why part of them is still alive inside of the sunken place. That's why the flash photography makes them briefly revert back to themselves. Mm. Yeah, as as we see with Lakeith Stanfield's freak out. No, and that is... (laughs) <laughs> that, that like it goes from really funny when he first meets him and Lakeith Stanfield is like ah yes he was just saying how comfortable he is having someone like me around as well you know? and then <laughs> when Daniel Clue holds out the fist and and Lakeith just holds the, just grabs the like fist he's like he's gonna shake his head like that is classic <laughs> like you are but then it gets so horrifying when the blood goes out and like yeah they do a very weird effect to lakeith's eyes where there's kind of like a fog inside of them like you can almost see the sunken place in his eyes huh it's a very subtle effect i I picked up on that too yeah yeah really fucking delightful movie and um it kind of um like these he's very 70s minded like rosemary's baby stepford wives yeah um, body it's, snatchers it's, it's very apparent how big of a fan he's always been even though this is his first foray into it himself he's been a fan clearly for a long time no and we are seeing more like you know horror and comedy are very close together you know you're going for an actual reaction you know right you're establishing tension, and then there's release. You know, John John Landis put it best in a uh, documentary I saw with him one time. Is uh, it's like you know, horror in order to be s- truly scary has to imitate reality in a sense. And if you're going to imitate reality, reality is funny also. So yeah. if you're going to be scary, you have to be funny in a sense as well. Hmm. Man, John Landis never made as good a horror movie again as he did after American Werewolf. Yeah. What a fucking great movie that is. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at the DVD right here next to us. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Well, and that's like, you know, and that's like the closest comparison is like, yeah, like a little bit of Joe Dante, a little bit of um, John Landis, you know, these comedically minded guys who did very good horror movies as well. Because it's like, this is a really unsettling movie for the most part, but when it gets funny, it gets really fucking funny. Primarily yeah. when we have Lil Rel Howery. Lil, Lil Ray Howard, yeah. And, um, and uh, we also get, uh, this is our first horror performance from Allison. 
Hang on, I got it. We should keep it. Williams. Al- so yeah, Allison Williams from who's, Girls. Who's also in Megan. She's in Megan, and she's oh, also in... Oh, right, um, right, yeah. She's also in that Netflix movie where she's a cellist, The Perfection or something. Mm. Oh, the Perfect? That is that like... Is that like the drum roll? What's that I, no, movie called? No, I think it's about uh, someone who gets sexually harassed by her teacher and they like turn him into a cello. Oh. Oh, God. Oh. So it's I, more like Tusk. I think I heard about that one on a, um, this uh, podcast I listened to about... One of the podcasts I listened to that's mostly about horror. Nice. Hmm. I guess it wasn't ours. But, Why? <laughs> it's Horror Queers. It's not, it's not ours. Horror Queers. I remember that one. Yeah. yeah they're good. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about horror queers is like we can make anything gay. They really can. They, they, <laughs> they, put in. they really can. Candyman gay. You better believe it. Like, oh yeah! Wow. <laughs> She's struggling with her lesbianism. They really can. I, I, well, I guess because it's been like five years, I forgot that she was in uh, Get Out. Like I remember her lines and her betrayal or whatever but i forgot that she was in it and to see her in megan i was like where do i know this face from like it looks... <laughs> that's allison williams oh, you've, seen, you've seen megan megan is fucking amazing we still, we still gotta see that one that i gotta see it it's great are you busy i, I hear it's funny yeah, that's what my yeah. co-workers tell no, me no it's it's funny and she's a terrible surrogate mother i'll say that <laughs> it's no, it's, it is a pg-13 horror but i hear it's really good it is like, it i is. hear it's good down the middle horror for like you know a younger audience to get into i mean horror. you don't get as much blood as as I guess me or Briggs would like, but it's good. I mean, it's I good. don't mind. I like if it's a blood. bloodless movie. You what know? about what about my love of blood? I like blood. <laughs> um, That's true. So we talked about Bradley Whitford as the dad. We've talked about Alice. Oh, we Williams. can't we can't forget fucking Catherine Keener exactly. as the mom. Exactly. I was just about to say she's she is so, so weird, great. like creepy. Yeah. Catherine Keener has been an amazing. Like she's one of the best actresses ever. You know, I could just say that flat out. Like. From fucking death to smoochie, she was a forty-year-old virgin. Forty-year-old virgin, yeah, she's so nice in that one when she usually plays like a really icy bitch, like she does here. <laughs> she's the hot grandma. <laughs> and um, what else in um, being John Malkovich? Still haven't seen that one either. Also, uh, Schenectady, New York, one being of the most John disturbing movies ever made. Being John Malkovich, she got the Academy Award nomination. Oh, nice. Yeah, and she was also uh, Harper Lee in Capote. Oh wow! Yeah, mm. which she also got an Oscar nomination for. Also, nice. But yeah, she everyone is, got an Oscar nomination for Capote. She <laughs> is so great as the mom in this because it feels like initially she's kind of the more sympathetic of the two, mm-hmm. but Poor then we book. get yeah. that later scene where, like, a, a little while later, where he comes back in from his smoke break. And she's in the fucking office waiting for him. With the fucking teacup, yeah. And we go into, in my opinion, not just the best scene of this movie, but also just one of the best scenes in modern horror cinema. Yeah, like definitely yeah. one of the best scenes of the 21st century in terms of like... It's just iconic. It's, it's iconic, yeah. We go, it's we so go from that, simple, too, because yeah. it's only... Two, it's really only, like, what? Like, two camera setups? Really? It's just a, coverage going back and forth between them. But I feel like it's kind of pushing in closer on Daniel Kaluuya yeah. as it's going on. And it's like, once you, you like... You see, like you. This this is how, why he got the Oscar nomination. No, I know, it's like you see like... that transformation in his face as he's remembering his mother's death and what he was doing, and it's it is such a heavy scene. And then she fucking drops him into the sunken place, and you get that 
bass drop as he just falls out of his body. And this weird, like, water space thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like a water spacey thing, and then you see, like, the kind of movie screen up above. What was that, um, that, uh, Scarlett Johansson movie where she's the, like, Oh, uh, evil... Under the Skin? Oh, That's yeah. what it made me think of. Like, I yeah, no, there that. was the yeah. weird, like, liquid yeah. But also, uh, thing. Also, Stranger Things. Yeah, you know, we had oh, a black yeah. I in that as well. Oh, I would yeah. even, I would even say also a little bit of Altered States when he's in the yeah. de- the deprivation tank. Or if we're going to go way back, uh, Prince of Darkness. Oh, yes. The, the kind yeah, of definitely. mirror dimension. Oh, I yeah. mean, that's still after Altered States. But no, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seen Prince of Darkness, Floyd? Yes. Carpenter. Yeah, I've seen it. That's, that's, um, that's, that's a weird one. I would call that one of the keys to understanding Jordan Peele, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Prince of like, Darkness is kind of the midpoint of like what he pursues. He's never yeah. made it any secret how much he admires Carpenter and how big of an influence Carpenter is on his stuff. And I love that. Like, I now, love and this that one has like very good suburban... Influence. Like we're you know we open in a suburban night shot of Lakeith Stanfield and we're kind of like afraid for him. It's kind of like a very Haddonfield. It's very Haddonfield, and the way the car kind of pulls around and he's like, oh, nope. I wonder. Not me. Not today. (laughs) You think? I know. And it's fucking what's his name? Another the redheaded fucking guy. It's a. It's her. It's the uh, the brother of the family. Yeah, the brother of the dude from Antiviral. That's what he's from? He was in Antiviral, yeah. Caleb Landry Jones. You know, Caleb was... Landry Jones, he was a Banshee in X-Men First Class. Oh, yeah, so he was. I, oh, I, wow. saw <laughs> I, I saw that. I saw that, but, you know, I was looking through his Wikipedia, and he looked familiar, but I couldn't quite place where he was from. Uh, Twin Peaks The Return, he plays an amazingly wow, scuzzy dude. Oh, yeah, he plays the fucked up weird um, the, boyfriend. Yeah, the boyfriend. To, um, Me, um, Chloe, no. He's also in uh, the Florida Project, and yeah, he, he plays Willem Dafoe's son in the Florida Project, which is great casting. That's pretty good mm-hmm. casting, right there. Because he's got that fucking just jawline of like three billboards. Also, them. oh yeah, three billboards. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh man, that's the that's why I hate that movie. Is that scene where Sam Rockwell fucking yeets him? <laughs> I haven't seen the movie. I'm yet, like, I refuse to make a racist cop my fucking hero in a movie. I won't do it. <laughs> oh, he's in Roland Emmerich's uh, Stonewall. I don't care. Who fucking cares about Roland Emmerich? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that that's apparently like a really just whitewashed, terrible depiction of Stonewall. Yeah, no, I know. That's what I hear. You know, like both the gays and the straights were on the same page on that one. You know, like, <laughs> we we all hate this movie, <laughs> and not just because it's Roland Emmerich. But well, I mean, he, he he should stick to disaster films and taking Chinese money to make them. Because oh, what you mean ooh. disaster movies that are also fucking terrible? Yeah, I mean they, at least they make money. They do. Other than that stupid moon one he just did last year. Oh, oh that, yeah, the moon one. I Moonfall. <laughs> that failed so spectacularly, I know, but... and I loved every moment watching that. Do you know that one of the last lines in that movie is, you are now a part of the moon? What? Because <laughs> the moon's a robot. Yeah. What? It's like nanomachines or whatever. Yeah, the, moon's what? made, the moon's made up of thousands of robots. Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm with you, Sam. This sounds fucking stupid. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I've seen Sam multiple... from, And Sam from Game of Thrones does an American accent for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he's got to play an American now. Halle Berry's there for some reason. She's there to collect the checks, but she's there to yep. do that. <laughs> That's what Halle Berry mostly does in movies. Like, even then, in. Um, what's uh, his name? John um, Wick. Patrick Wilson. Uh, Patrick Wilson. Yeah, she yeah. Patrick John Wilson is. No, the she was good in John Wick, but you know she's still there to get a check. She doesn't do a whole lot. I mean, if you're gonna be showing up for just one scene and it's a, like the best scene in the movie, then. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. 
Patrick Wilson is like an untoasted, unbuttered slice of sourdough bread. <laughs> it's not bad, <laughs> but it's like I guess, yeah. I could, I could put this. I could put this in my mouth. I could. You, I could. It'll I could keep incorporate me alive for another couple a, of minutes. <laughs> I could incorporate this into a meal, and it won't hurt me. Oh wow! Because like, yeah, like, no. When have you ever been like, man, that Patrick Wilson performance? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I liked The Conjuring. Yeah, when he was, which he, yeah, I. <laughs> wait, no, he was he was hilarious as King Norm Morn Gorm. Oh, from Aquaman, Aquaman. No. Yeah, you're wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. I didn't dislike him in Aquaman. Actually, I liked I li- him in Aquaman. That's what I'm saying. He, no, I, I never did not I, see Aquaman. I never dislike Patrick Wilson, <laughs> but he's. <laughs> he's just kind of he's one of no the one has actors. ever been like oh man we really need that patrick wilson flavor it's always like someone else dropped out let's get patrick wilson <laughs> he's just I, there i will agree that he is uh one of the least disagreeable portrayals in Watchmen. yes yeah, yeah he was great in that's Watchmen. True. yeah he's yeah because like, that's he's because a the solid char- like because the character is perfectly average yeah, yeah the character dan dryberg is literally an unbuttered piece of toast <laughs> Night Owl is Patrick Wilson as a superhero. Yeah, it's exact. It's perfect casting. That's why yeah. it's great. He is truly one of the actors ever. He's got a great moment where um, his owlship is in the snow, and he's like, ah! he's like <laughs> doing uh, the handshake. Yeah, so, that was after Rorschach. Uh, after Rorschach gets exploded. Like, when 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 Doctor Manhattan comes out and tells him, "Hey, Rorschach, did you know that Steve Jobs died of ligma? Who's, Who's Steve, Steve Jobs? Jobs? Ligma balls." <laughs> <laughs> No, I thought the dialogue was uh, Rorschach says, "Eat my shorts." Says Dr. <laughs> Why you little? On that note, since so, they love to parody popular, like in horror spe- movies, yeah. Speaking has, of memes, has yeah. the Simpsons done Get Out for Treehouse of Horror yet? Oh, I think they I've, must have in, in the last five years. At some point, they must. I have. don't watch well, the simpsons well, anymore oh, treehouse of horror is still usually pretty fun no Crider, it's not Crider, <laughs> their death note was really good yeah it looked cool it no, was really good that's what i was gonna say though is that they're actually kind of behind when it comes to parodying things because i mean death note's been around forever and it yeah. death note was decade. popular when we, we were, were in high school, high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it took them a decade after we get out of high school to do so anything with netflix it. made it actually matter in 2030 when they do good out it'll be really good I think I stopped when they did a really shitty um, Avatar parody. Oh yeah, that Avatar that. parody was awful. Yeah, I don't remember that. God awful. I don't remember that. It's all, it's still the tree world, but it's you know their usual aliens. Yeah, it's the uh, Kang and Kodos aliens. Oh. So he falls in love with one of those. They really need to do something better with those guys. I don't know, man. But um, mm. Get Out did generate a lot of memes. Oh yeah, fantastic <laughs> memes. Yeah. <laughs> And um, mostly Lakeith Stanfield's face. I, I was doing a little search up. I thought maybe Daniel Kaluuya's face would be a meme more than anything. But my it favorite like one it was Lakeith Stanfield's. is the running one where the guy's running towards the camera and he just turns to the last. <gasps> oh second. yeah, I love I, that, one. I, that was a TikTok challenge for I, the longest I time. Love yeah, that it was one. like it's a great. thing where you have to try to run, run towards someone to the and camera. then and then just veer off at the last second and a lot of people hurt themselves it's hilarious oh whoa fail. a lot of people hurt themselves doing a dumb tiktok challenge i'm shocked that's <laughs> never happened before or since <laughs> i remember that that's such a funny scene though like he just goes out for a smoke and then you just see the grandpa and the gardener's body just 
full sprint. That reminds me, like, I was watching this with my girlfriend, and there's a lot of scenes where they're like, you smoke, Chris? You know, and I'm like, yeah, what the fuck is... Oh, right. You know, like, <laughs> like the movie is giving me shit a lot. Like, there's a part at the end where Bradley Whitford's looking at the fireplace, and he's like, what is your purpose in life, Chris? And I'm like, will you stop fucking... Will you get off my fucking back, movie? I'm gonna need you to get all the way off my back. <laughs> and it reminded me of the Everybody Hates Chris... <laughs> Hallie reminded me that the theme song of Everybody Hates Chris is Everybody Hates Chris. Wow. That was like, what great you know, music. I don't want to take away from the black experience, but it is hard to be a Chris. <laughs> so, you know, I feel especially bad for Chris in this movie because he's, he's, he's a Chris and he's African American. Yeah. And a camera person. Yeah, and a photographer, which is like. It's a good way to be like, you know, respectable while still approachable. You, you know? have to approach a lot of strangers doing that stuff. It's, it's a, at least better than being a, an author character in a movie. You know, like... Uh, like anything Stephen King does. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> Infinity Pool. Or yeah, Infinity Pool. I was watching the trailer for that. It's like, ooh, he's an author waiting to figure out his next book. Well, that's what... <laughs> someone compared Infinity Pool to like if Kafka wrote stories in the 21st century and I'm like in man <laughs> nah. I, ju- I just watched infinity pool last night before we recorded this episode and i fucking loved it <laughs> i haven't seen alexander sarsgaard's penis enough yet and you're not gonna see it in this one either god damn it really no uh uh-uh. i thought they i thought we see the cum you see that but you don't see his dick while he's like you saw the nc-17 version we don't see his fucking dick oh i didn't i didn't know i i don't know if i saw the nc-17 version i gotta wait for the unrated version just like how in Possessor they cut out Andrea Andrea Risenborough's penis. It's a great they, scene where she has a penis. They, and they did cut that, it out. Of they Possessor. did that for um, the one last year where the they're fighting on the volcano at the end of it or whatever. Oh, yeah, we don't Northman. see we don't get a yeah. good look at his penis in that one either. They literally had to go in and CGI it out for the yeah. rating. Kid, same thing with Kid Cudi. We never all this talk about X having equal opportunity nudity and you get like, the shadow. You get that's so it. many boobs, but we get just a, a silhouette of Kid Cudi's penis, and that is it. <laughs> he Bullshit. wants to see Kid Cudi's dick to be so fair, badly. To be Please. fair, maybe the prosthetic didn't look as good as they wanted it to. Who knows? Maybe, you know, because he's supposed you know, to have just, like a foot long dick just, in that movie. You just yeah, made right? it. You just made it real. <laughs> what if they were just using Mark Wahlberg's penis from from Boogie Nights, and because it's white, they had to do a silhouette? <laughs> it's like, oh my god, what? Is he like a dog? Does he have a pink penis? Well, I mean, <laughs> he's got couldn't... that. He's he's got what? Uh, he's got the Uncle Ruckus thing where uh, he's like he or no Michael Jackson. Where he's like, uh, he's turning white. He's got a vitiligo. Yeah. Well, they couldn't paint it because then it'd be like, whoa, is that fucking blackface? <laughs> whoa, dude. Now, that was another interesting thing about uh, Jeffrey Dahmer that they never get into is that he would paint the penises different colors. God, I feel like that's even more horrifying than yes. fucking dead bodies' heads and painting. I mean, that Netflix show, you know. People talk about how horrifying it is, but nobody talks about how horrifying it could have been. <laughs> I still haven't watched the show. Hey, you don't either. need to. I don't. It's think a really I will. look. It's look. So Brian Fuller, not Brian Fuller. Damn it, um, the boy from um, uh, the Ryan Murphy. Yeah, Ryan Murphy. He loves Evan Peters, and he really loves Evan Peters playing murderers. He does. He's a school shooter in the first season of American Horror Story. Yeah. Spoiler oh, alert. That's right. But, you know, it's... I feel like... I don't know. Dahmer is very bad taste. No. <laughs> you know? I mean, I've, I've from what I've seen watching the uh, few different LGBTQ people, 
LGBTQIA people that review horror and just like random movies like there's better depictions of Dahmer from like years before that are Jeremy Renner man gory and just like shorter and to the he point don't drag it out yeah, yeah he played Dahmer yeah that was like 05 or something right huh really and that was like yeah. one of his first roles before Hurt Locker yeah oh, it was wow before yeah. Jason Bourne um, he wasn't Jason before Bourne he was the, the Bourne legacy oh yeah Bef- wait that's not Jason Bourne about no the he's the legacy he's Mark whatever fucking he was the town also he was the town he was the town I was in the town the town is great the town is fantastic he was the town now you see that is interesting because we could do a a pretty solid Ben Affleck crime trilogy one of these days we could yeah wait is it like director yeah oh well director and well no it would be so Gone Baby Gone is probably his best movie still haven't seen that wait Gone Baby Gone or Gone Girl no Gone Baby Gone oh okay is a detective st- very good way after no yeah unlike star wars people have talked about get out on the internet a lot so you can, <laughs> you can go to youtube and see a lot of great endings explained i um took the time to watch the alternate ending of get out where mm-hmm. at the end when the, when the lights pull dark. up oh yeah, yeah it is it's the cops and it's like you know and then his buddy the alternate Sockman. ending the alternate ending they like they roll up on him while he's strangling the girl and like he gets arrested and then Lil Ray Howard, Howard visited, visits him in jail, and he's like, yo, we need more information. He's like, like you're fighting okay. a losing battle. It's like, it's okay, I stopped them, which I'm like, eh, kind of a cop-out. And it's like, I thought for sure they would like fully Night of the Living Dead him. Where, no, if, if it's yeah. super if we were realistic, gonna be, he, he's dead. That's why I'm he's, saying it's like, dead. that's what I'm saying, him going to jail is not the realistic ending no, anyways. No. So, Unless it's the most understanding rookie cop in the world. Like, And keep in mind, you're in like white collar upstate like yeah he's who dead. the fuck are you like you're you're getting shot down in the street <laughs> I, no, I, I feel like he's fucked either way though because i mean like cops i mean not just the cops but like those dudes friends are gonna like oh the house is like burnt down and all of our friends are dead we know who was there it must have been that guy like i know but they were kind of the leaders of everything so i don't think anybody else has any power to do anything <laughs> yeah in a way i don't know though like, i don't know i, feel I, like, I still a poorly feel like functioning cult i still feel like there would be some evidence to find at the house especially, oh there's certainly a lot of especially evidence like, linking you know, him but. you know you have you have you have uh georgina and the uh the gardener i can't remember the character's name it's like they have the big fucking scars around their foreheads from where their heads were carved open like come on no <laughs> and there's got to be there's got to be dead bodies yeah, because like these white people got to go somewhere it's after a, you after you take out their brains. Walter, played by Marcus Henderson, yes, yes. really good in the movie. Great performance. He's good. Very in, unsettling. He's good <laughs> so in fucking um, weird. Uh, Snowfall. No, he, well, Snowfall. Yeah, he's like oh, he's, he's on, a or he was for the first two seasons. Oh, shit! Spoiler alert. Well, whatever. He's he's really good in that role. What what? Which episode does he survive? No. <laughs> Damn. He you plays know. the the cop father of one of the love interests in the show. Hmm. But um, it is interesting how him especially seems to be doing like a parody of what he thinks a black person should talk should talk like. You yeah, know? exactly. It's like it's like that's not how the white guy talks. He's just doing what he thinks like a black person wants. He's like, ooh, real t- real pretty lady, top of the line. You know, like mm-hmm. ooh, like really old timey version. Old, old white man in a black dude's body. I mean, There's not- this um, what is it fucking called? There's this old eighties movie, very similar premise. Um, except it's not 
anything more to do with race. It's literally just like old women that want young women's bodies and they're like killing them and just like taking over or whatever. I can't think of the name, but it's like a exact similar kind of thing. It's, uh, I got to find it, but it's, it's like similar kind of vein. Yeah. The obvious comparison is, um, is a uh, Stepford wives. That's what I was trying to remember. Yeah. Wives. Yeah. Yeah. But there is also like this movie fucking, what's the white haired guy that I love? Steve Martin. Did anybody see the man with two brains? No, no, I never saw that. I, I remember it, but I haven't actually seen it. It's all about a guy developing a process for switching brains, and he falls in love with this woman who turns out to be a monster, and then he falls in love with a brain. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all about him trying to get the brain into this woman's body. Interesting. Um, I feel like one bit we haven't really talked much about, though, is one uh, another one of my favorite bits, just because of how uncomfortable it is. It's the fucking party scene. No, yeah, all so, the old, rich, white oh, people. Yeah. And it's like... We make it sound like, oh, so like the whole time the girlfriend is gaslighting, you know, Chris really hardcore, like, oh my god, my parents are being so annoying. And then it's like, we're not having a party this weekend. And they're like, yeah, it is. We're always having a party. And like, same day every year. And we think it's like, oh, it's an awkward. I'm introducing my boyfriend to all these people. But it's like, we start to realize that it's like an auction block. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like this is them all taking a look at the merchandise. And like the woman like, like grabbing his, his muscles. muscles and being like, how do you like being black? You know, like just like just mm. these really straight up uncomfortable, horrible is, questions. Is Speaking... the Wilford Brimley looking guy that's like, black is in? Black, yeah, black is, is in fashion. fashion. Speaking as... Uh... The only black guy in the room who's actually, or just the only black guy in the room, plus the only one who's been to like a weird kink party with rich people. <laughs> this movie what? gives off all that. Like, it's, they, they <laughs> nailed it. They got it right. It's, yeah, Floyd, you have been the guy with a camera at the weird white person party. Yeah, it's more than once. <laughs> they got the vibe perfectly right. Um, it is weird, like, when you're just like approached and they're just like, you know, sizing you up and all that. And like, you, you clearly don't fit in. You're clearly the only one of you in the room and like everybody's being nice, but it's still like doesn't feel right, doesn't feel genuine. You're just like, yeah, this isn't my crowd. Like the last one I went to was in uh, Naples, this nice big mansion. Like and I felt like kind of uh, off that whole night. But then like towards the end, I started to, you know, associate a little bit better. And like uh, I had like a few friends that I recognized that were there, but like it's. The movie nailed helps. the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I started drinking too. That helped a little bit. <laughs> exactly. It's that uh, it's that liberal racism the internet yeah. kind of calls it. Although with this crowd, it was little, even more surreal because it was like, this is Naples, this is a rich area. Like, it's nothing but Trump supporters in there, and I was like, wow, oh. like, what the fuck did I sign up for? So then, so it's neocon racism where it's like, ah, oh, these uh, these people coming in to our borders. <laughs> Well, this a is little, like... but they were they were a little too busy partying to really get into it. But like you could see, like I was uh, in this one spot where like this um this guy who made his own guns and had his own company was like there. Like <laughs> he had like a big jeep, like advertising. I was like, okay, like I don't know where the fuck I am. Like this is not my crowd. <laughs> were, were you in Borderlands? <laughs> no, 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 it was like some dude who makes his own guns and has his own like gun company. Was well, just like there at the party, like with his wife, and they're like, you know, of having he was. sex and doing BDSM stuff. It would be great that, if but... the guns look like really wacky, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like... no, it was. He was uh, like uh, AR styles and all that, like just of course. standard stuff. Oh, I was really hoping yeah. they were like, you know, just like just like a sourdough, garbage, like more a sourdough bread, a double, <laughs> like a double barrel shotgun with bullets the size of Coke cans, or like the quad shotgun from Phantasm Two. Oh yeah, <laughs> just two shotguns glued together, or a straight up. 
Gears of War gun where it's got the chainsaw bayonet. Yeah. <laughs> no, and this this gets into a really dehumanizing type of racism, which is like, I think you're attractive. I think you're fit and beautiful. I just hate your brain. You know. And mm. and, yes. and so I've seen that too. And yeah. so this then introduces us to another character, the only character at this party to genuine he genuinely feels comfortable around. We get Stephen Root as a blind art critic or art dealer. I would want to know the name because like these everything means something. Uh, well, His name, name is really character? Chris Washington. Uh, yeah, it's Chris Washington. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And then you got Stephen Root as uh, Jim Hudson, a blind art dealer who's kind of in with this crowd. And I was thrown off by this because, like, obviously, like, I, I saw this once before and this caught me off guard then. I completely forgot about it and it caught me off guard again. And I texted the guys. I'm like, holy shit, guys, Milton from Office Space is in this fucking movie. And, <laughs> and you know what's funny is because in this one, it's Daniel Kaluuya who's like, I'm going to set the building on fire. <laughs> 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 we're gonna we're gonna take your body away from you. Okay, well I'm gonna set the building on fire. <laughs> it's, it's my body. <laughs> it's my body. You can't take it. Yeah, yeah they come in, they um, see his body, and they're like, "Oh yeah, oh there it is." <laughs> but uh, he's the only one who's kind of, sort of sympathetic towards him in a way. Like, well, he's not. He's racist. not. Not. Like, he's not. He's a gallery it, owner, and he's heard about Chris's work as a photographer. It's and, like a. And even later on. Like when he's strapped into the leather chair in the in the uh, operation torture chamber, uh, when he's talking to him on the uh, on through the TV, you know, uh, he even brings up it's like you know all these other fucking assholes they want athletics and they want fucking and superficial like, shit. I, I just I don't care. I just want your eyes. Yeah, like that was and it does the. Something I love in horror movies is when you do a close-up on a TV screen so that the character's really staticky and distorted. Mm, it goes yeah. into the close-up on Steven where he's like, I want your eye, man. I want those things you see through. Which it's like, you know, works on a couple of levels just because it's like, A, he's blind, so obviously he wants his eyes. But also, because he knows Chris is as accomplished a photographer as he is, he's like, I dabbled in photography and then went blind. And then so went I blind from a genetic up. disease, which is like... And they talk about how life ain't fair, and it's like, yeah, well, you know what else is a... It's like, yeah, Daniel, Chris can understand being born with something that, you know, makes your life harder. I wonder if, uh, you know, him being blind is also supposed to be symbolism for, oh, he's being colorblind and choosing uh, Chris to, like, just get what he wants. I think it just is to show you that this is a step above racism. Yeah. Like, this is seriously dehumanizing, horrifying slavery. You know, mm -hmm. this is the... We were talking about the fates in the different Jordan Peele movies. Mm. I think this is the worst. Yeah. Being stuck yeah. in your own body, but you're a passenger that can only observe through a fucking like, little screen in your black floaty space. Yeah. That's that's worse than being killed by a doppelganger or being eaten by a UFO. <laughs> UAP. UAP, yep. Mm. And um, no, so like, yeah, this, this movie is... Uh, Rewatching it, it's like it is a great horror movie. It's very funny. Oh yeah, you know, like I'd I'd heard a lot of arguments against it as a horror movie. It's like, oh no, it's more of a psychological thriller. No, no fuck that. This, this is, is horrifying. It's this horrifying. is pure like it goes pure Cronenberg when they have the weird like home surgery setup and everything, and yeah. they're just cutting off the top of Stephen Root's head and just throwing it in the garbage because like they don't fucking care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
It's like it's, expendable. it's one step over uh, above Mr. Burns's brain transplant. Oh yeah, I pops. Did, <laughs> I did watch. Did they hand me the ice cream scoop? Yeah, <laughs> that was another definitely like a soft homage to that. <laughs> it's like ice cream scoop. It's like this isn't rocket science. It's brain surgery. <laughs> uh, All we needed was uh, when. Uh, Stephen Root's head, uh, top of his head falls in the trash can to hear that hollow bowl spinning drop sound. Yeah. <laughs> no, and we get some great kill scenes where uh, Chris takes the deer from the wall and kills, stabs. Kills that we don't get until over an hour into this movie. Well over an hour. I think it's Which, like an hour and a half or so. It's cool. That. It's not a, It's more about catharsis. It's a than slow it's a, burn movie. Yeah. yeah. But that, that makes it better when he finally fucking... You know, he puts the cotton in his ears, and then he beats the fuck out of Caleb Landry Jones with those Ikea balls. (laughs) Which, like, Caleb Landry Jones comes back from that. Which I'm like, everyone was giving me shit for, like, the hammer scene in Snapshot. Like, people in movies come back from massive head trauma all the time. As someone who is... Someone who has smashed their head against the sidewalk really hard. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes blunt force trauma isn't so bad. I have also slammed my head against the sidewalk and... Are we doing the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. No, um, yeah, this, uh, yeah, we get to a really cathartic finale, and I like implying that the cops are going to pull up, but then we reveal Lil Ray, you know? Yeah. yeah because, because we inherently know that like in most horror movies, when the cops show up, you're like, oh, thank God, you know? Uh-huh. In this movie, you're like, oh, fuck, no. It's, it really is just so fucked up how he's like, his hands up in the air, and she's like, help, please. Just yeah. like, oh, God. And then he just leaves her, and, and it's like... Oh. She just bleeds out. Yep. 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 Pretty good, good stuff. She deserved yeah. it. She did. It's like eating Fruit Loops. You know, dry, dry bowl of Fruit Loops with the milk separated. Also... She segregated the color from the white. Yeah, oh. no, that, I think that was the first time when we got to that, when, when Cracker and I left the theater after watching it, I was like, was that supposed to be symbolism for something? I just found it very <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> How long had they been dating? Because like, you think about like the five actual... Five months. The long con that like five months... No, she's been doing this since like early high school. Like this is her job. Well, I mean, still though, like that's that's a lot of time to put into something like that. Like, that's, oh yeah. Speaking that's of crazy. which, when he goes, he's clearly a sociopath. There's yeah. there's yeah. one bad writing moment, which is that the door with all the evidence just falls open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally like, "We gotta leave, baby." Okay, sure thing. I love you. And then he just sees the door open, and he sees like the pictures of her with all of the other people, because like, oh, you're the first black person I dated. No, I, f- I feel like you kind of need that though. Like it's I, it's convenient. you could have introduced yeah. it or more organically though. Yeah, but I mean, you gotta. You well, know. We do get to see Georgina when she was just a happy, a happy girl, and like, man, Georgina is hot. Hmm. Like not as like a brainwashed maid, but like when you see the picture of what Georgina was like before, like, oh man, it's so sad that these people fell in love with Allison Williams. And I'm like, oh man, and that's your prize, Allison Williams. <laughs> If you shaved Allison Williams' head, she would look like a weird Jared Leto. Yeah. <laughs> the nah, fuck? I, don't, I wouldn't go that far. I'm uh, sorry. I don't know she's a that. good actress. I just don't find her attractive. Really? Yes. I mean, she's got that like plain white girl thing, but I mean that works like ninety percent of the time. So yeah, no, yeah, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Wilson. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> she is good in uh, Megan. Though you guys should check that. No, out. I'm very excited oh, I'm, for Megan. I'm super curious. Oh, I can't say Megan. All right, so get out, guys. Um, any final thoughts before we uh, rank this puppy? It was cool. It was really good. No, this is solid. I think this is the you know the 
Bloomhouse is always lopped in with, uh, you know, elevated horror. Yeah. yeah. This is their only one that's actually elevated horror, in my opinion. I mean, it's a, just a horror masterpiece. Everything is woven in perfectly. Like, obviously, you can, like, say a couple things that, like, you know, you can be kind of like, you know, when you're looking at Mad Max Fury Road, like, everything overall, the picture is perfect, and you can see some imperfections in the paint here and there, but it's just so good. No, and it's like, it's only because you've seen it so many times that you can point out flaws, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, it's like, that's what happens when you watch it a couple times. But, um, so yeah, so we uh, do a rank of one through ten. So, um, what do you... What do you give Get Out? Mm, Probably like a nine or an eight, I'd say. All right. I would agree. Nine out of ten uh, as well, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go nine out of ten also. It's it's so solid for what it is, and it exceeded all expectations, and you you got to love seeing a movie like this get the attention it's gotten. I'm going to give it a ten out of ten because we mm-hmm. also got Monkey Paw Studios out of this, you know, and yeah. some great stuff from the last couple of years. The Candyman uh, sequel, I think... People slept on that. I think that's a really good fucking movie. Jordan Peele wrote the script for that one. Really good movie. It's all right. Okay, well. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Um, what about us? <gasps> what about us? Us. Setting in for a vacation with her sitcom family, Addie Williams must now face down her horrible traumatic past, along with her traumatic self which isn't a horrible traumatic metaphor, but a physical doppelganger, hiding in deep underground secret facilities across America left behind by a government project to control people, but abandoned cuz. But if that twist wasn't crazy enough, it turns out the one facing the doppelganger isn't her doppelganger, and actually the truth. But this is what happens when you go on a trip with us to the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> so Rod us, Serling. You know, so taking it back to Infinity Pool for a moment, you know, one thing that I've been seeing a lot of people saying in regards to Infinity Pool is that it's great, but it's not as great as Possessor was, Brandon Cronenberg's last film. Mm-hmm. And after seeing, it my, after seeing it myself, I wholeheartedly agree. The one thing I keep hearing about uh, Infinity Pool is that it's great, but it's not as great as Possessor was, you know, Brandon Cronenberg's last film. Mm-hmm. And after finally seeing Infinity Pool yesterday, I wholeheartedly agree. It's oh, no. a fantastic movie, but... It's not as great as Possessor was, which was just fucking wild. So, bringing that back to Jordan Peele, Us. You know, mm. I feel like Us, again, I was a latecomer to it. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it a couple of years later on DVD. Actually, I think I double-featured that and Get Out in the same day. Same. Um, I uh, definitely saw it in the theater. But um, I saw it in theater, too. You know, I like Us. I like Us a lot. I, I like really you guys. love... I like you guys, yeah. too. I love... I, <laughs> I, lo- I love parts of the movie, but at the same time, as good as Us is for the most part, I feel like it was always doomed from the beginning just because no matter how great it was there was always the chance it wouldn't have been as good as Get Out was because Get Out was so good on all levels that he was firing on all cylinders right out of the gate. So it's like, 
how do you follow that up? The thing is, is like when your first movie out of the gate makes 40 to 50 times its budget back, like, and you're on the map and everybody knows that like, you're, you know, bonafide at that point, like, that's a ton of pressure. You got all these eyes on you now. There's all this like additional scrutiny and like cooks in the kitchen and shit. Like, mm. it, there's no way to, to live up to that, like, the, for your next movie. It's too much. I was going to bring up how apparently uh, Get Out is the. Apparently the first movie directed by a black man to make a hundred million dollars or over that. Oh wow, that's so, very cool. That is cool. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting fact. Jordan Peele just killing it. So yeah, dude. Yeah, I can definitely understand the pressure. I also kind of get a feeling of like a True Detective season two, oh, where yeah. in which yeah. you have a little bit of a pressured turnaround time, so yeah. and yeah. a faster turnaround time. time. Or hey, what about? scream and scream to oh well that's uh, yeah. that is especially the pressure <laughs> the pressure cooking turnaround time Which but hopefully scream six will in will new be york the, the, the good one. <laughs> oh, i'm i'm, I'm psyched. super fucking psyched for scream six yeah i also, I'm like i've just stopped watching trailers yeah and I, me too i also, saw the first one i'm like nope just I'm good quick tangent i was i'm just so frustrated by the the title of this movie Oh, it's yeah. so generic. What, so why hard. don't you like us? What's <laughs> yeah. wrong with us, Sam? Well, I'm just saying, like, Get Out and Nope are kind of like, you know, like, understandable, like, like, like kind of like, what's the, like, pun kind to, of phrases of, it's hard like, to movie Google audience stuff. people. It's hard to Google stuff related to us, because it's like, yes, Lupita Nyong'o is an actress in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, no, when I look it up uh, on Wikipedia, it's like, a get, G-E-T, space, Oh, okay, there's Get Out. Nope. N-O-P. Oh, there's Nope. Okay. Us. Us. The concept of a group of people that we refer to. Yeah, no, I know. Us. United (laughs) States of America. Us. Disambiguation. And then, just put that out of the way, also, I too, like, I've seen the movie in theaters where I wasn't as blown away because I guess I had the... Uh, you know, I had the expectations. Get out, the expectations to get out, and get out is just so perfect and it's so good. And I was like, I watched us, and I was like, mm, okay, fine. Oh, shit. And no, then, I'm... and then when I, and then when I watched it Tuesday, and I watched it after Get Out, I before I watched us, I kind of like almost went into a little bit of a trance, and I was like, okay, remember, watch this it on its isn't own. as good, and it's just a different movie. Then I kind of enjoyed it a little bit. Me too. You it's, know, um, like. Yeah, I, I crushed them both back to back at my desk yesterday at work, <laughs> and I same thing. Like it's like you know, just watch this on its for its own merits, you know. And I definitely enjoyed it more this time around because of that. Now, a problem with uh, this, and this is what this is why I'm starting to just stop watching trailers because <laughs> well, American trailers are designed to spoil it because they supposedly did a test where it's like the more information you give, the more likely people are to go see it. No, oh. but, it, but it wasn't just spoiling it. It was like, I thought it was going to be an entirely different it's movie. Misleading. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like, the first trailer for us is fucking scary. I don't and remember this, the trailer. Oh, it's just the really slowed down. Dum, 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 dum. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Five, yeah. Oh, the remix like, of the Luna song, yeah. Yeah, and just oh, yeah. like, there's a family outside. It's like, what? Is it, what, are you guys afraid of a family? You know, and then like, the music and it just i thought it was going to be like the strangers meets hereditary you know yeah. i thought it was going to be like inside yeah. like a french horror movie because we are <laughs> we are in a firmly post hereditary era of elevated horror now so 20, i know and then we when we actually see 19 right mm-hmm. when we actually see it it's a horror comedy like 
gremlins or you know get a little bit of a dream warriors vibe you know mm-hmm. it's just like this is a very goofy 80s throwback movie which i'm like that's cool i um but you know like you really could have made this really scary because like there's a phobia called capgrass syndrome capgrass yes so this is like a fear of doppelgangers where you think that you or someone in your life has been replaced with a a copy like a, copy. a double Mm-hmm. And um, or or I guess as analog horror would tell you now an, an alternate. alternate yes <laughs> now <laughs> fucking Mandela catalog should have gotten an A twenty four movie before the backrooms did I'm gonna yeah. say it right now oh god <laughs> which stoked for backrooms good stoked for that for back kid backrooms but Mandela yeah. catalog is a somewhat original property though you know backrooms has been in the creepypasta annals for like twenty years no it hasn't been that long has it okay really? ten years. Maybe, maybe even less than that. I don't know. We could, I could pull up the back rooms. Yeah. <laughs> Which this, you know, this does deal with some back rooms type of stuff. It yeah, does. It's talking about like the, like they straight up at the at the head of the movie, they gave you the title cards where it's like there's where just like a random quote and like Jordan Peele starts to do this now where in Nope as well he opens with a really weird biblical quote. Yeah. He just kind well, of well this one's not biblical though. This no, one, I know. It's literally just there are all these unused abandoned mine tunnels and underground tunnels and access ports and blah 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 throughout the United States for and then he just, no reason. Yeah, and then he just goes into the movie. <laughs> Bye. Well, not just go into the movie. First we got we get the the Hands Across America commercial. Oh, right. yeah, that's is, right. It's just weird symbolism that's just kind of like presented first it gets worse so in no but there's like we no, got that then, kind of weird thing in this movie first mm. and don't forget that you do get to see Addie's vhs collection where you see uh chuds oh i didn't even notice that yeah, chud is on there and uh gremlins oh that's cool mm. chud chud yeah cannibalistic you know. humanoid underground dwellers oh that movie okay yeah that yeah. that's right, there right. and okay. um <laughs> and then you know we get a when she's at the uh carnival with her mom and uh, her dad's played by Ibdil Martin, who's um, he's he's the new Candyman, but he was also Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, he was oh. a good Doctor Manhattan. Spoiler alert! Oh, he's yeah, fantastic thanks. as Doctor Manhattan. I, I love mean, him. I still haven't seen the show. Oh, Dude, it's, it's good. And uh, Black Manta. Yeah. Yep, he was Black Manta. <laughs> oh wow, he was great as Black Manta. Man, we've talked yeah, a lot about uh, talked Aquaman. a lot about Aquaman today. <laughs> <laughs> Way more than we probably should have. <laughs> Way more than I think anybody ever has. <laughs> um, you know. Uh, yeah, I never noticed that that's who played her father went the first time I watched this. No, yeah, and, I, I, I'm honestly just I, I, it's crazy because he's such a different looking. Like I don't know, he's and, he usually plays pretty like tough looking dudes, but in this movie he's like kind of pathetic. And then also another thing I didn't notice is okay, so you have Lupita Nyong'o playing uh, playing Addie as an adult and her doppelganger Red, which she fucking kills it so yeah, hard in the doing dual a, roles yeah. she's doing a ted kennedy impersonation she's <laughs> pretty weird yeah. but um i just love watching the behind the scenes and how she like stays in that voice so, she stayed in character so, between shots that's terrifying so tw- so 2019 this is also i believe the year after black panther has come out because that was 2018 right? yeah yeah, yeah. No, so, so we got I knew winston her... duke as well so see that's what i didn't know i knew lupita nyong'o was in black panther i did not realize that that was winston duke as mbaku in yeah black panther also and when i read that yesterday that just blew my mind because it's like now i can't unsee it because yes they still in hindsight obviously they look still very identical character wise because same fucking actor mm-hmm. but they're two 
polar opposite different characters. You have like super African warrior in Black Panther, but then he's goofy sitcom dad in Us. So I just <laughs> no, never very... made that connection. And uh, the first, the first role, one of the, his earliest roles actually is in Modern Family. Oh yeah, really? he's like really? he's like a baby in that. He's like he's like a football player who starts to live with uh, the uh, gay couple for a little bit. Oh wow! Oh, oh wow! Like, kind of talk about how it's like, oh, are we doing a blindside here? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what but, a, uh, what a weirdly li- white that, liberal uh, thing to say. Oh yeah, I, I will say though, similar to Rel Howery in uh, uh, Get Out, Winston Duke steals the show for me. No, this he's time hilarious around. here, and um, which is saying see... a lot considering how good Lupita Nyong'o is. But just mm-hmm. his energy in this, like as the goofy dad, is just so great, so wholesome. No, but that that duality is like used to great effect because he's also the tethered version of himself, who's like <laughs> just a big, just a big monster dude. Abraham, yeah, that's yeah. An Abraham. And if you watch, uh, but if you watch Black Panther, Mbaku has a very good sense of humor. Yeah, he yeah. Does. Especially in the second one. Oh, I you can, you ah. can even you can even see uh, see shades of Abraham in Umbaku also like when they're oh, yeah. intimidated and it's like when they're ooh, barking ooh, at people yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing their gorilla yeah that's I'm psyched to do Wakanda forever soon yeah <laughs> now and um yeah this is a this is once again you know an amazing cast like as would get out he's got an amazing fucking cast Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss <laughs> oh they're so the great over entitled white couple that hate each other <laughs> see I saw I, again so many couples I've was, seen like that since I, I caught on to this a little later I saw Invisible Man first before I saw us oh my god and so yeah. when I saw her as uh, as Kitty in this I got really excited and rightfully so because she's so great in this it's just a snooty bitch mother like <laughs> no and i love elizabeth moss obviously handmaid's tale you know but i haven't watched big... i haven't watched handmaid's tale but my roommates both have and i would constantly come home to them watching it and yeah she looked really great in that as well just totally unhinged yeah, at it's, times and... it's a really good feel good show <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah um, that's part of why i haven't seen it but um mad men she's amazing in mad men oh she, she is mad, mad men also yeah. oh that yeah, was she's... her that was her first one she was peggy yeah that's right no, her first... Uh, the first one that I saw her in. I mean. Oh, yeah. First thing was West Wing. Same with Dooley Again, Hill. West Wing again. Yeah, she's like super young in that, but yeah, she dates him see, in that we series. If, we gotta see if Jordan Peele like interned on that or something. He might have. <laughs> or if he was like a writer or something. That would be so weird. Jordan Peele on the West Wing. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin. Good old Sorkin. Good old Aaron now, Sorkin. Uh, I have always had a fear of doppelgangers because of an episode of The Simpsons where... Um, Itchy and Scratchy gets uh, canceled because Bart like accidentally finds the homeless guy who actually created them. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember like, that. by Charlton yeah, Heston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then at the end, Bart's like Bart and Lisa are gonna go save Itchy and Scratchy, but then there's like these weird people that look just like them that but like kind of sort of off. Yeah, kind of <laughs> sort of off. And it's like, oh man, everything got solved and it wasn't by us. Is that doesn't that make you unsettled? And then there's just a shot of Bart's doppelganger like skateboarding by. And he looks at Bart and he like narrows his eyes. <laughs> and like as a kid, that scared the fuck out of me. You know, when you when you were talking about the doppelganger, like the double, and you mentioned Simpsons, I thought you were gonna go with the Treehouse of Horror episode. Oh yeah, no, and yeah, so with, uh, with Hugo. <laughs> yeah, so Hugo is <laughs> Hugo is a good is a good uh, an analogy for the tethered. I feel where yeah. He's, yeah. Like, he's, he's jealous. A, he's, he's jealous of wanting, uh, wanting to live in society. 
No, and it's like rather than dealing with him, we just like kind of like put him away. And like that's the underlying metaphor of this movie is that there are haves and have nots, and it's just convenient for privileged people to not look at the haves, you know? Yeah. You but see like, Lupita Nyongo fighting herself, and then Dr. Hibbert runs in. Red, no! Why <laughs> all these years stuck down here in this rabbit maze? You've probably never even seen your own face in the mirror. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, also, yeah, The Simpsons. Yeah. We <laughs> also like wanted to bring up uh, Elizabeth Moss. Uh, she was, used to be a child actress. And I remember seeing her in a couple animated things. She's actually in an episode of Batman the Animated Series. Oh, really? As whom? Uh, she plays a, uh, a criminal's little daughter. Oh, oh, wow. And it's actually an Invisible Man kind of thing. Uh, I don't remember that episode. The Invisible Man, though, um, with Elizabeth Moss, is one of the best fucking horror remakes ever. Probably. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Really just like top tier. Like, that's one... That I would easily place directly alongside both Cronenberg's The Fly and Carpenter's. Well, the thing with that one is, like, I don't have a strong attachment to the original movie, so, like, Mm. this remake just immediately did it for me. (laughs) The original movie is just a fun, silly movie about a crazy guy. I mean, no, I saw it years ago, uh, renting it from the library, like, that and all the other Universal, like, Moss movies back in the day, but, like, (laughs) it didn't really leave an impression other than he's nuts. See, I, Universal Monsters were my gateway into horror, and Invisible Man is one of my favorites of those movies, so Mm. I was very excited to see Lee Wanell take on the property, and upon finally seeing it, because I saw it on Blu-ray, I didn't see it in theater, because that was one of the last theatrical releases before covid shut everything down yeah i and remember I didn't, get a, I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater so i saw it on blu-ray and i was blown the fuck away by this movie yes. i remember i had a really horrible date with me at the time but i still enjoyed <laughs> the movie <laughs> one more elizabeth moth's child performance and animation i want to bring up anybody ever seen uh once upon a forest no no okay Why does that sound familiar <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you asked, Floyd. <laughs> oh no, what have you done, Floyd? It's one of those. Uh, Why you're not on the podcast. <laughs> it's one of those shitty, like mid '90s environmentalism kids cartoons, like oh, Fern Gully type. There of were shit. so many of those when I was a little kid. Holy shit! It also had a. She was a little badger girl, and uh, there was a badger professor voiced by the Phantom of the Opera. Oh my God! Who the <laughs> hell cares? I'm Floyd so asked. Sick of this. I'm so, so sick helping. of this pro-environmental shit okay can we just destroy the planet already please there's plenty yeah. of other planets we can go to it's fine it's like oh yeah were you crying for mother nature when she was sending us hurricanes and poison monkeys <laughs> she started the war for survival and because she's losing she wants to stop i say tough cheese she ain't allowed to rage quit yeah so, all right <laughs> man versus nature this is the road to victory oh wow. so back to us Back to us. Apparently, we, we got issues. Yeah, we got issues. We're talking about movies. <laughs> talking about a movie called Us. Not to be confused with This Is Us, which is a drama on a channel somewhere. So someone pointed out, which I think is interesting, is that the red jumpsuits and the one glove is likely a reference to Michael Jackson. How so? Because they were. Ha- she was wearing a Thriller shirt. Oh, yeah. Okay, but... That's a very loose connection. I don't get it still. Well, welcome well, they, to uh, Post to Get Out. She was a little girl when she was dragged down into the thing. That's from uh, Beat It, isn't it? With the red jumpsuit and the, the white glove. Yeah, so it's probably already happened, isn't it? Oh, is he wearing... Is that what he's wearing in Beat It? I think it is, isn't it? I don't remember. I don't remember. 
I'm not a I'm not a big. Michael I remember Jackson. the outfit. I just Whatever happened which to Michael movie. Jackson? <laughs> Dead. <laughs> I hope he, I hear he might be okay soon though. Okay. Cool. <laughs> there, you know, there's a there's a page on the, on Facebook to daily updates on Michael Jackson's health. Oh, every gosh. every day he's dead, unfortunately, dead. but we're still holding out. There hope. was that April Fools where they were like, "He's alive." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's alive and well. So dark. Uh, just April Fools. <laughs> he's, he's still dead. He's on that island with freaking Tupac and Biggie and everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And Elvis. Yeah. Jeff Epstein. Oh no! Yeah, it it was apparently beat it. Looking at it now. Oh yeah. Um. So going oh, yeah. back to the tethered, well, kind of. like it's a jacket. Go, going back to the tethered, like these actors this are just a... giving their all as these tethered characters, and they're so great. One of my favorite tethered moments is also uh, it's it's with uh, Tim's Tim uh, Heidecker. Tim Heidecker. Tex. Yeah, Tex. Tex when uh, when. Uh, Kitty's on the ground, kind of crawling towards him for help, and he just kind of subtly reaches out to her like he's a helper, and then, oh no, and he like, yeah, then he, yeah, when she reaches out for his hand, he just does the thing where he's like, ah, too slow, and wipes his Just totally head. cool geyser, and I love that so much. <laughs> Tim Heidecker is also so a. You know, because it's like, you know, like, the whole idea with the doppelgangers, and you know, Red goes over this in explicit detail when oh, yeah. they're, when she's, they're confronting. Uh, Addie and her family in the living room is you know how it's like you know if you do something up here and on the above ground it's like a nightmare version down below whereas with Tim Heidecker's uh, doppelganger I feel like they're almost just identical because they're both total douchebags cheesy cheesy dad jokes yeah Yeah. (laughs) he immediately puts on his robe yeah (laughs) he's like I got my robe yeah, and um, that has another a great punchline where she's like, "They don't have an Alexa; they have an Ophelia, which yeah. is a uh, Greek oh, for help." Oh, that's funny. Um, <laughs> it's symbolism. I thought it was just a Hamlet reference. That's what I was thinking too, but no nope. more yeah. symbolism. It's me- it's a it's a metaphor for everything. But she says, uh, "Oh, call the police," and it's a oh now playing fuck the police. So we have like the next the next scene is uh, underscored by NWA's fuck the police. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then my favorite shot is when Addie goes up to the door and you just see all the arms come out just and yeah, pull they her just back in. in. <laughs> it's like, man, that's that's one, some freaking Actually, shit. one of my favorite bits in this movie is actually in this scene and it's just before uh when uh the fa- when Kitty and her family are oh yeah she's got the two twins and it's an all in one take too where it's like cameras on the ground level and it uh, pans and tilts up to show the girls up on the second floor over the banister and then it pans tilts back down to the mom and dad and then when it goes like you see you see Tim like he racks um hello and it pans tilts back up and you see the girls doppelgangers up behind them and they just fucking murder them and then you see uh tex and kitty's doppelgangers come out from downstairs and murder them that is fucking terrifying no and like that's, that that's a that taste of your, what i wanted the movie to be that's your strangers vibes right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> no like that's you know that was so cold and crass that like you know i wanted some more of that and like what I didn't expect from this movie is that it was going to go global or like you know at least you at least that was state, a weird twist countrywide. For me. Yeah. See, that's where I start to not like this one as much. Like my main gripe with us, excuse me, my main gripe with us is that it 
feels like it gets a little larger in scope than it really should have because it doesn't really doesn't really know how to handle it you know no and it's it's dealing with a lot of ideas because like this opening is fucking amazing where little girl adelaide wanders away from her family on the boardwalk and there's like that's just terror yeah the spirit thing on the beach that's like oh find yourself which that's jordan peele yeah (laughs) Yeah, the voiceover and when she backs into the mirror and the reflection turns around then it cuts to the rabbits in the cages as a credit sequence and another amazing score um you have the jaws the revenge font for the main credits oh damn (laughs) (laughs) i didn't think of that yeah oh i picked up on that immediately (laughs) i don't know if that's what it obvious reference to jaws the revenge (laughs) like it just like there's just a point in the movie like even though it's like a fun kind of actiony like slasher sort of thing there's some great action bits where like the family's fighting their tethers and then fighting their friends tethers like shred like how well, it the, goes it goes very Shaun of the dead almost it does get when, very cause like he like shreds sitting... up his his tether in a boat motor <laughs> yeah because well, well, that's, that's what so that's what happened to him i thought he drowned no 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 he like yeah, so winston duke's about to be stabbed and he the only way to start the engine is to hit it so he hits it with his head with the with the with, with Abraham's the Abraham's uh, head with, no with his own head yeah oh because there's it's set up that the motor for his new boat is shit yeah so no, i remember that and, and so he, he he hit the motor in the hopes with that it would start head. the boat and then yeah that kind of pull that pulls when that pulls uh abraham into the water and just shreds oh him. okay see i didn't notice that it's almost again, a little bit of a that's jason, what i get for watching it at work <laughs> more it's a bit of a jason lives kill oh yeah yeah <laughs> boat propeller <laughs> oh man but like and it the movie works like it could have worked really well as a fun like kind of like splasher and then like the sim and like the well, more so than any of more so than even get out like your twilight zone voice was very apropos because <laughs> like, so many twilight yeah. zones deal with the doppelganger it, yeah yeah especially the original series yeah well the i mean that's what i'm talking about when i talk about the twilight zone <laughs> well, there's the 80s and the 2000s you nobody think would be referencing the 80s twilight zone floyd come the fuck on or the one voice or the one hosted by forrest whitaker well that one isn't um, as, that bad honestly from what I, I, I never saw that one that's the one i watched I, I haven't actually watched the original twilight zone i've only seen the forrest whitaker one the what? 80s one the 80s, the 80s one, one literally has like a leprechaun episode bro do you <laughs> not that one, have that's the only one i haven't seen the 80s channel one. But, yeah, no. didn't you grow up with sci-fi before it became Steefy? The no. syphilis channel. I, I did not have sci-fi channel. The original oh. is the best though, Sam. Yeah, no, you, Sam, you would absolutely love the OG You've Twilight You've never seen Zone. the original Twilight Zone? Nope. Like, yeah, you yeah. would love Twilight Zone so fucking much. I mean, if you just wait, like, for any holiday, they'd usually do, like, a marathon on sci-fi. I don't think they do that anymore. No, they do Yeah, oh, I, okay. I was watching Sweet. it on, uh new year's with my grandmother yeah it was a fourth of july marathon i was on vacation in utah and it was raining so we just stayed inside and watched twilight zone so fucking good oh fun maybe i will maybe i'll check it out sometime you'll see how many simpsons episodes it's a lot it's a lot that's most of what i know is the the parody ones (laughs) i haven't actually watched the episodes when i i know of course the william shatner gremlin one and uh the there's the corn boy um (laughs) the corn boy Because oh, the Forrest Whitaker series does a sequel to the Corn Boy, where he's a dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Corn Dad. Yeah. There's a movie. The movie one Joe Dante did a take on the It's a Good Life. Oh, really? Did you see yeah. that movie? No. Man, the movie has the image from fucking Skinamarink, where the 
sister's mouth is gone, remember? I don't know. I haven't seen You never saw the Twilight Zone movie? I've seen it, but it's been a long time. I didn't see the movie, but I watched the Cursed Movies episode about it because that was where John Landis murdered people. people. One adult, he he murdered Vic Morrow and two kids with a helicopter. Yeah. And unsafe working practice conditions. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. Just like how Alec Baldwin allegedly murdered somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Here you are again with that. OJ allegedly murdered somebody. But I was just, I was gonna say I haven't it seen the was f- some Puerto Rican guy. <laughs> I haven't seen the full Twilight Zone movie, but I have seen the John Lithgow, uh, John Lithgow version of the plane. Yes, yeah, that's from the movie. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm, so I'm only seen that part of the movie. Yeah, Who directed, Steven, that Steven. one was George Miller. Yes. yes, that was George Miller. And then Steven yeah. Spielberg also does a version of Kick the Can, dude. Yeah, well, that, he only did that because he couldn't do anything ambitious because oh. of, like, how everybody, like, well, the last guy who shot something killed three people. Can you try not to do that, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, okay, we'll just do something that's all on a set. So that's why it's just a very, you know. Yeah. And then they brought George Miller on because it's like, okay, he's got first aid knowledge and experience. Yeah, he was. No, but you know what I love about the George Miller one is you get a good look at that fucking uh, gremlin. Yeah, you mm. do. And then, you know, interestingly enough, uh, in Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, they do another take on the um, airplane story where he finds a podcast about his own plane crashing. Mm. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. that's right. Yeah, and um, they have a reference to it where, like, a little kid has a stuffed version of the Oh, gremlin. that's cool. But it's, like, it's just about paranoia and, like, fucking... Yeah. It's kind of like a political thing where it's like, I know better than everybody else, you know? I heard a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was... I haven't seen that show in a while. Thinking about it now, <laughs> um, it's it's worth a rewatch. I'm actually thinking of like all the other Jordan Peele properties that we were talking about. Lovecraft Country. That last episode of uh, the first season, Twilight Zone, gets like really meta and like weird. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. I didn't like the Camille Nanjiani episode at all. Yeah, that one wasn't too great. He's Wait. a comedian who, anytime he does material about something, it disappears. Oh, I thought <laughs> I thought you were talking about Lovecraft Country. No, no, no. that's about. <laughs> Magic and racism and uh, sci-fi is great. That's what magic, I hear. Magic and racism are my bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> then there's also uh, Jordan Peele's Candyman, which is okay. Yeah, no, well, I, we were talking, but all oh, right, we did bring that up a little bit. I like I like that Candyman a lot. I think that um, I, it's it's a, it's an unfortunate case of too many cooks in the kitchen because there's a yeah, lot perhaps. of ideas going around and none of them really stick the landing completely. No, and that's kind of, you know, but it take is, it back to for, us a little bit. For what it is, it's still a great movie. The 2021 Candyman. Yeah. Yeah, it came out in 20. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. fantastic. Easily the best since the first one because we had the sequels after the Briggs, first one. The, the sequels were, were tits and bad special effects. Like this. Yeah, no, but they're the also sequels. terrible. Oh, so kind of like It's, it's like most from Dust Till Dawn sequels. sequels. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet Floyd has seen those. Uh, no, I've only seen the original. I never, oh my God. I never wanted to see the sequels. Money. Holy shit, I'm the only one in this room that's actually not only seen, but owns the From Dust Till Dawn sequels. You I, don't, I never them? wanted to see yeah, them. Yeah, I own them. Did they come in one of those Walmart four-packs? It was like a collection thing on Amazon. Oh, I heard the, you. I you heard get the, a button. You <laughs> specially ordered it. I heard the show was actually good, though, for From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, I mean, remember El Rey Network? Yeah. Oh yeah, El Rey. Yeah. Is that Finally, television for men. <laughs> Jesus. 
But yes, yeah, so it's going... like Spike TV, but like dorkier. <laughs> Dorky like, Spike TV. It's Spike TV for film bros. Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, it's like yeah, because like Robert Rodriguez, it's like you could be a dumb bro, but not be athletic. <laughs> well, there are tech bros and yeah. console warriors and stuff. That's no, true. exactly. And that's why you know, if we're being real in Glass Onion, Dave Bautista shouldn't have been that ripped. <laughs> Although, it, well, no, that's not true. It's like I mean, over time he became like that, like how Joe Rogan used to be a normal person. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, he was always kind of built, but he got like meatier and sweatier and grosser. It's so weird if you watch news radio because Joe Rogan plays Joe Rogan. Yeah, like his character is literally named Joe. Yes. But um, but to us, so uh, us, you know, it's um, it's when. Once they, like, have the golf club and shit, and they go to the, like, other family's house, and, like, the kids kill some of the doppelgangers and stuff, and they're sitting around watching the news, like, this literally, that was when the movie was like, okay, we're doing this, you know, we're like, we're Shaun of the Dead, you know? It's a big old world problem. I really wanted it to be something that would have been all set in their house with the family. Yeah. Just, I thought it was just going to be that, you know, like, just the the psychological. Kind of like the almost. Yeah, yeah, just the mind Mm -hmm. games of that, but, like, they quickly, they hop in the boat and expand the thing, and it becomes, like... The invitation where, you know, at the end, like, they realize that they're just a part of a larger conspiracy. Yeah, that's that's my problem with it, is that it's it's more sci-fi than it is, like... I was kind of hoping for, like, a David Lynch fantastical, like, thing going on instead. Like, well, there's some had... sort of Black Lodge where these doppelgangers come from instead of it being a big government conspiracy thing. This is coming on the heels of Hereditary, which is, like, fucking... <clears throat> This like horror is new, that's, you know. Like horror is like really exciting now. That's you know? the template for elevated horror. I feel exactly like that, yeah. and maybe like I hear the Babadook also mentioned. Babadook yeah, is no, good. I got I, I got to watch still it. Gotta see. Yeah, my my girlfriend keeps recommending it. To Babadook me. is I, good. I usually hear like when it comes to elevated horror, like the three holy grails are like Get Out, Hereditary, and Babadook. Yeah, and sometimes mm. the witch. I yeah, still haven't yeah, seen the witch that. also. No, I like the, the witch. Kind of like I don't know. There's there's also folk horror, which is like elevated horrors like cousin because yeah. it's very classy yeah mm. but it's um mythology this, this this is more of a throwback to the 1980s you know it's oh, got a lot of it's got a lot of homages uh, they're talking about how this is the boardwalk in the opening is the same boardwalk that they shot um lost boys on oh wow oh okay oh, and they actually make oh, wow. reference to the fact that they're shooting a movie here you should see you should see about getting a job it's like the movie that they're oh. shooting is lost boys oh. interesting i didn't oh, even wow. pick up on that which which ties into like this is a little bit more of an it's a goofy 1980s style you know it, family and, adventure in a lot and, of ways and you know see that's that's kind of also a little bit why I feel like it's not as great as Get Out was. Oh, yeah. Because Get Out, you know, it's, it is a horror movie, yes. But definitely, I can still kind of see a little bit of the merit in the argument against it being a horror movie. It being more of a psychological thriller, like a, just a mind fuck. Which I can, I can see the merit in that. I totally see where they're coming from. Whereas, I know, but this is more, this is more, this is the only one of these three where it's like it comes off as outwardly a genre picture and it's firmly planted in that because Mm -hmm. get out marketed as a horror movie it's more of a psychological mind fuck nope marketed as a weird sci-fi cosmic horror opus turns into fucking spielberg joe dante whereas us it's marketed as a horror movie and while the trailers may have been misleading it's still a fucking straight up horror movie by the end of it. So no, and what's interesting is like, you know, in um, 
in Get Out, he dabbled with an unhappy ending. Yeah. But then after that, he just doesn't give his main characters unhappy endings. I guess Us has like a little bit of like a weird thing where... That twist at the end. The twist that she herself was the tethered and essentially caused Replaced. the apocalypse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's weirdly... And, you know, her tether did have a great line, which is really sad, where it's like, why didn't you take me with you? Mm. Hmm. Like, that is really sad that, like, because it's like this weird thing of, like, the prince and the pauper, where it's like, we have to maintain the status quo. You yeah. Know? You can't come, you know, one can't exist without the other, you know? There mm-hmm. can be only one. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say about the, uh, uh, having sense a- Highlander battle. <laughs> <laughs> happy ending kind of thing it kind of reminds me of you know jules verne uh said uh you can have like the most horrible terrifying stuff happen in your story but as long as you end it with a happy ending the audience will walk away with it as a good experience yeah. i know but there's that's like there's an element of kid gloves to him because you kind of know that he loves his characters too much to really kill them yeah which you know I'll I'll give him a pass this time around yeah. just because I love that the whole family does survive. No, and you know, Sam pointed out that the family dialogue is a little first drafty. Yes, so I'm a little, a, yeah. It's a little sitcommy. It's a little snappy. It's very like Joss Whedon-y where they're like, oh, everybody's got a great comeback to what they're talking to and talking about. It's not really like they're all snarky, kind of. It's not and, like I keep thinking Rick and Morty family for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's oh, not Justin Roiland. <laughs> it's it's funny though because much like how Winston Duke like finds his manhood, it's like that episode with the praying mantises. Oh god! <laughs> oh, oh thank god! Oh thank god! God is turning people into praying mantises. Thank me. I'm the one who's beating them to death. <laughs> I see, I was thinking of Pissmaster almost. What? The Pissmaster episode of Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah, well, just, oh. But why? What? what <laughs> because what? Jerry like stands up to like this big villain character and like learns to fight and stuff. Yeah, but then, man, Pissmaster was a great episode. It's a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so like, say what you will about. Nope. So the <laughs> okay characters, the family is like they're they're just like they're not really people in my like. Okay. Well, be careful about that. Yeah. They don't have enough dimension, Sam. <laughs> yeah, they don't have like they're just two like wacky comedy no, sitcom if, characters. If like any... I get it, it's an '80s action film, but it's not. It's not like the characters in Get Out where there's like, oh, you can really get a sensibility of them being characters. Even though like the best friend has some wacky shit that he says, he still feels like that kind of wacky best friend character you would I, have. It's like I you know people Heidecker? like this. No, not Tim Heidecker in Get Out. Oh yeah, Laura Howard. Yeah, Howard. No, it's like we know people. We know people like this around us. Like mm-hmm. no, and you know the and the best friend family is like even more so a satir- satirization of the kind of like the, the the family that hates each other. They're still kind of real though, and he's like, I'm busy. I'm in my cozy <laughs> spot. <laughs> oh, so man. I don't know. It's uh, that's my problem with the writing of the movie. On top of the twist. We gotta start well, not the writing twist, Adam but... into more Tim Heidecker style roles, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Adam would have killed in his text. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can totally see it. Adam, Adam, did, Adam, did you get the link? I sent you the link to this podcast. If you're listening, hello, Adam. Hi, Adam. How you doing? <laughs> Hope you're good. <laughs> I'm sure he listens. I'm sure. Maybe. I always do that to people. It's like, if you ever listen to my podcast, they're like, uh, it's like, it's okay. I know you do. 
I know you devote two to three hours of your time to listen to us be nerds. Look, if you're if you have traffic, you know that you have to deal with. Why not listen to our podcast? That's all I'm saying. You know, I mean, podcasts help me with work when I'm doing all that Uber Eats crap. Yeah, like, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you are you at the gym? You know, yeah. You could listen to us at the gym. No, I can't. Are you what? Because us is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, I do. I do like that this one is seemingly more visceral, though at times. No, it's. Um, I think we get better. we get way more like actual violence. I I mm. love too how so it's like they 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 settle on the planet. It's like okay, we got to kill our alternates, or they are going to kill us. Um, so I love when they detect that uh, Pluto has set up has got them in a trap. And um, he, um, yeah, and he's so gonna the light kid. the match, and so the the actual son, the actual son remembers like, oh, he will mirror my movements, and so he just hits that T pose and walks backwards because he knows Pluto will go backwards into the burning car behind him. Which I wonder if maybe that's a youth thing, like maybe if you're a younger tethered, you're more tied to your tethered self. That's what I was trying to figure out. They were very, they had a very close relationship, like they're very similar. And I, I like probably that would explain it. I like that moment of them in the closet together when that's they were the playing coolest. with matches, and, he, and, and then when Pluto takes off his mask and he's got no mouth. He's got all the burn scars it's around his burnt mouth. mouth. Oh yeah. wait, the whole like if you're younger, you'd follow your tether even closer. Doesn't make 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 sense because Addie's tether kidnaps her, and they don't really like match up all too well in what we see in the beginning. I mean that. So it's still a Addie's, idea. Addie's special, you know. That's, yeah, that's just she's, what, a, she's a special because she eventually learns to speak and everything. You know, yeah. So it's like, um, uh, we got the son walking his uh, his tethered backwards into the burning car, and it's such a cool triumphant moment. And I love the way he undercuts it when he's got the profile shot of the son as he walks in front of the red SUV, and then red is there. Yeah, she's no. camouflaged against it with her jumpsuit. And her, <laughs> That's so dark. Her dark hair blends in with the window tint, and she just turns around. And it's like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. <laughs> but it's also like, oh, because the camera's out of focus. <laughs> But still, that's yeah. such a great reveal, though. Like, it's such yeah. a cool moment where it's like, okay, the kid gets his to, moment uh, to shine. It's like the kid is such an awkward kid the entire time, and this is his moment to shine, you know? Oh, no, but he previously tricked the other Pluto into being locked into the closet, which, which is saves co- the which whole is, family. Which is, which is cool, it is, but it's like, homeboy burned his alternate alive yeah, bro. <laughs> it's a great oh, shot and and i love that reveal though of red at the end it's like it it kind of undercuts it in a great way where it's like you're you're feeling good it's like oh hey cool he triumphed over this thing oh shit there she is <laughs> now now what's the daughter's name uh let me pull that up um, i know the the tethers is umbra yeah the so umbra is, is the chasing is them umbra. like terminator style it's uh the daughter is zora yeah and they try to run her over and she jumps on top of the car yeah that's a great scene too which is like oh so horrifying and then like they're just driving and then they hit the brakes and then she gets like impaled on a tree oh i thought she just like broke her back around the tree like she was draped over the tree i thought she was like impaled on a branch no i don't think she oh, was she's impaled. like draped over yeah. am i thinking of how keegan michael key died in the predator yes you are Maybe. i literally am yeah although that's not how they died i thought they that him and thomas jane shot each other well yeah but it was a mercy killing well, yeah, it was because a mercy killing impaled they on the like tree. impaled yeah but who that. cares that's stupid that movie fucking sucked <laughs> did that come out at the same time it, came it was out a it was in this era 
fucking because it yeah. had the This Is Us guy as the bad guy in The Predator. Okay, yeah, The Predator fucking came out in 2018. Shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> when are we going to have our Predator trilogy episode? Eventually. Yeah, we've talked about it. Yeah. With The Predator. Yeah. Oh, no, no, wait, that's no. Predator 1, 2, and then The Predator? No, it's Predator 1, 2, and then Predators. Oh, right, right, right. Fucking right, right. Muppet. I get them mixed <laughs> up. <if> you <laughs> to be fair to Floyd, the Predator like sequelization is really shitty. Yeah, yeah it is. Because you could also then, include... And then The... Yeah, and then we got prey. Which yeah, we is, also have we also have some AVPs in the yeah, mix. Exactly. Nobody believes in those. Nobody believes. Nobody believes in those. Like they don't exist. <laughs> the first one is the first one is not the worst. It's the not. First, I, I'd much rather watch Freddy versus Jason. Than Fuck yeah! Watch. Yeah, that's because yeah. Freddy versus Jason is delightful. <laughs> but uh, now us us. What about us? I, I liked know. it. Yeah, no, I like it. It's no, got great is, visuals. Look, it's hard when your first movie is so good. Now, we keep talking about Brandon Cronenberg. We don't even talk about his first movie, you know? Yeah. Antiviral was like... his second movie. Exactly. Antiviral was just fucking like... Everyone's like, yeah, Brandon Cronenberg's son. Yeah, looks like it. You mean David Cronenberg's son. Da- right, sorry. <laughs> David <laughs> oh Cronenberg's son, Brandon. Yeah, sure. And Antiviral is actually pretty good. Antiviral is great. It feels the, more like his of, dad. It's the than, one of the three I would rank lowest, though, because it you can it's it feels like a first movie, you know, like it's you can see the potential is there for sure. It's just not a hundred percent there. And then he comes out with Possessor, and it's like, holy fuck, he's there finally. <laughs> well, no, and Possessor like is much more of a Philip K. Dick like existential oh, yeah, nightmare noir. You yeah, know? it's very Philip K. Dick, which Philip K. Dick is a big inspiration for Cronenberg as well. That's for his dad. But yeah, so us, you know, it's hard when your first movie is so fucking good. Yeah, and you kind of have to rush out your second movie while still being Jordan Peele and producing the Twilight Zone and all these things. You know, so yeah. it's like. It's kind of like, um, I don't even want to compare it to, but like Taika Waititi with Love and Thunder was mm-hmm. like, it's just like, I see a little bit of fatigue, you know? Yeah. No, I, I think that's a fair assessment. And like, there's pressure. And then, so that's why he took a little bit longer to put out Nope. And while I don't even, I wouldn't even say Nope is better than us. It's certainly more ambitious. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy Nope more than us. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. In terms of as a, as a horror movie, nope. Well, we should uh, we should get to nope. Let's uh, rank us. I just want to say I think we're great. <laughs> I just want to say real quick that it kind of feels like it's the usual. Um, what's it called? Sophomore slump for a director. Yeah. No, oh, and yeah. like I, Kevin Smith's Clerks to Mallrats. Oh well. Over time, though, you realize Mallrats is a superior movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, All the movies that I used to think were Kevin Smith's worst, I'm like. Fucking Jane Silent Bob Strike Back is a good movie. <laughs> Floyd, what do you rate uh, us? Uh, probably like seven, I'd say. It's fair. Like I can see. I'd probably give it an eight out of ten. Uh, no, no, I'm at seven out of ten also. It's great up to a point and then just kind of good for the rest of the movie. I give it a six. Like, damn. Like, characters are okay, they're entertaining, the action is fun, the cinematography is at least pretty experimental. I didn't get to really talk about um, how there's this weird thing with cinematography, 
and the kills sometimes where they take a big far step back where you get to see all the action going on and like a very distant feeling mm. yeah like when Almost it cuts like to the outside of the setup. house Mm-hmm. And you don't hear any of the sound when they all get killed inside of the glass house. Exactly. It's almost, almost like viewing a stage play at, at one point. You know, it's like you're just seeing the entire scene play out in just a large scale. So, mm. you know, points for style, but n- negative for the exposition. And, I don't know. Just but It's fun, but it's fine. Okay, well, that's The Last of Us. <laughs> well, you're The Last of Us. You didn't give a rating. 8 out of 10. Oh, okay, nice. And that's the last of us. <laughs> nope. Nope. Presenting O.J. Haywood, the descendant of the first movie star still making movies for the same system that didn't credit his ancestors. Today, however, he will have his chance at fame as he stares death down at its flappy face. The face being a metaphor he wants to capture. But with the help of his attention-seeking sister, an off-brands Martin employee, and a crazy old cameraman, along with a complete chimp-loving idiot, staring at metaphors is about to get easier as OJ finally makes the choice to no longer say nope to the Twilight Zone. <laughs> so yeah, Sky Jaws. Sky Jaws. I was really... You, we're you, gonna need a bigger horse. <laughs> first time you tried to pitch it to me, you were saying that it was Sky Tremors. It's Well, Tremors, Tremors is just Jaws. ground Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You can trace it all back to Jaws. No, but it, it's not the point. The point isn't that they're trying to track down a monster. The point is that Tremors is more fun. <laughs> Tremors is great. Yeah, Tremors is you know Tremors who is in is Tremors? Great, but in Tremors are Reba McIntyre. This isn't as fun. So it's still good, but eh. random, but awesome. She was kind of hot in that, right? Yeah, yeah she was. I'm not, I'm not crazy. You who? are, but you're Reba also McIntyre and Tremors. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you no, are crazy, crazy, but you're also correct. Like she and Kevin Bacon are the eye candy in that movie. <laughs> Tell you that much. What? You don't think? Um... So you can't even remember her so name. So anyway, nope. Um, <laughs> well, no, I mean, that dude who was Colin Farrell's dad. So, <laughs> so nope, I was much more excited for when I saw the teaser trailer for it. I no, remember, and this is why we don't. I don't do trailers anymore. I mean, this isn't yeah. why I don't do trailers anymore. That was Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. Is, but, um, um, I remember though seeing the teaser for this one, and... Um, it just looked so fucking weird. Like, you have yeah. no idea what's going on. It's alluding to something science fiction. Kind of, especially the shot that the trailer ends on with Kiki Palmer getting just hoisted up into the air. Like, holy shit, that looks insane. Mm-hmm. I'm totally excited for this. Then the very next trailer. I didn't even watch any. go to watch any of their trailers on my own. I, I forget what movie... I forget what movie I was watching in the theater. Might have actually been Doctor Strange, now that I think about it. Doctor Strange or Everything Everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, and they showed the second trailer for Nope. And it's just they're throwing the term UFO around left and right. It might have been X. Oh, it might have been, yeah. I know we were together when we yeah, saw cause- Floyd saw X with us. Yeah. yeah. It was a great, great and, theatrical uh, experience. And yeah. and it's like, you know, here the trailer for Nope is throwing the word UFO around. And I'm like, ugh, you know, you alluded to that idea so perfectly in that weird teaser trailer. 
and it made me excited, but now that you're just shoving it in my face, I'm a little less excited. I'll still see it, but I'm less excited now. So I remember we went, I think it was me and you, Kreider, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we went and saw it, and I was pleasantly surprised that that wasn't quite the actual direction they went in no, was and UFOs. What, you know, we thought it was going to be Close Encounters, you know. We thought yeah. it was going to be a cool alien movie, but it was more of a monster movie. And, and I ended up liking it more than I expected to because of that. No, and there's an interesting meta thing about that where the characters think they're in an alien movie. Yeah. They don't fully register that they're in a monster movie because Steven Yeun has this whole imaginary relationship with what he thinks are these beings on the, on the ship. Yeah. When it's not even a ship, it's a fucking weird... It, it looks like... It resembles an aquatic creature almost. Almost like a manta ray almost. Yeah, like a manta it ray or just certain mind... things that kind of like... An, was it an envelope fish where it like unfolds? Yeah. It brings to mind like like maybe like a stingray or something. Like one of those um, space whale things from like, like a Star Trek episode or something. Like it's just out that. there randomly. I, also I an Evangelion also... reference to the uh, angels. That's what I see is Evangelion. I can <laughs> also see when it's in its saucer form a little bit of uh, 1950s War of the Worlds. Oh yeah. You could, well. oh, yes. you could see that and um also a cowboy hat yes. there was a moment where i thought maybe steven yun was, was like villain. yeah he was using he made his cowboy hat really big to try to scare <laughs> them off of the property because he is trying to buy their ranch so i thought maybe they're doing a scooby-doo thing mm-hmm. which would have been awesome which would have been great yeah if it like there's just a moment where like the ufo just shrinks down and it goes onto his head and steven yun's like yeah and he's just like yep <laughs> I mean, from seeing the trailers, like, I was curious, but I wasn't, after us, I was like, eh, I'm kind of cold or, or lukewarm on Jordan Peele, but it was like, eventually when I did see it, I think it was either you, Carter, or my brother that was like, it's not what you think, it's actually really good, and I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a try after that, and no, then, and like, what I, it surprised me. If you'd have asked me, you know, because Jordan Peele's really good at giving you an opening that grabs you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you'd have asked me, it's like, how are you going to open up? Nope. It's like, it's a monkey covered in blood with a birthday hat. And a shoe standing up <laughs> for some shoe reason. standing up on its own. Oh, God. That's the shoe. craziest thing that's ever happened what ever. What does it mean? <laughs> and, it, and it opens with a biblical verse, which is, um, I will make of you a spectacle. I will cast filth upon you. And it's essentially talking about this idea of like a spectacle as a negative thing. Yeah. Yeah, like so after seeing this movie the first time, I mean, you know, I thought it was an okay story. I, I remember uh the fa- the last like half of it, I was just kind of sitting next to Kreider in the theater like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Most confused face on my look uh, on me and then and then when I so I don't know, like I walked away from it, thought it was okay, and then I like would come back and I watched a couple sorry, watched a couple uh like, you know, YouTube videos. No, there was a lot of there's a lot of analysis. There's a lot of analysis movie. for this movie that I feel like is, I don't know, like on one hand it's like trying to figure out and trying to make it like better because based on how Get Out is like 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 based on Get Out's like what's the word I'm looking for like um clout yeah like it's clout people want to try and like make Nope as like great in symbolism as Get Out and that's why I felt like we didn't. A lot of people didn't engage in actual discussion about Nope, you know? You know, mm-hmm. you know what, you know what, so like, I remember really liking Nope when we saw it in the theater. I grew to love it even more after watching the Dead Meat podcast episode about it mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. were coming at it not so much from a symbolism, like, 
like fucking film nerds uh, fretting over the the fucking shoe. <laughs> like no, they were coming at it kind of deconstructing its themes of exploitation and show business and yep, whatnot. None. And I grew and looking at it in that lens, I was like, huh. Okay, this is a lot cooler than I feel like it got credit for. No, yeah. they're uh, they're wonderfully unpretentious. They're just like the shoe just serves as like a distraction. Like yeah. he's looking at the shoe instead of looking at the monkey. Mm-hmm. Eye contact is deadly in this in these contexts. So that's why the monkey doesn't kill him. Probably yeah, is because he was looking at the shoe instead of the fucking monkey. Plus, he's also got the uh, the tablecloth kind of separating him. So there's a yep. layer of separation too. No, and. You know, uh, this is the argument that I keep getting, and it's like, do we need the monkey? And yes. I'm like, you can't lose the monkey. The monkey is your heart. It does set up so much of him, though, like, you definitely need it. No, and that's why this movie, in some ways, like, more so than us, the fact that this one is jam-packed with ideas, I really like. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. The fact I, I that, Jupe, like... that Jupe has this whole subplot about being an exploited, like, child Hollywood star who, like, himself tries to exploit something, and then the... Well, he's, it's, it's, it's not that he's the exploit he's exploited by hollywood as a kid he's the victim of an exploited non-human creature that no goes yeah on a rampage and then yeah he but also to like do the he, same thing if you if you if you do some research about it, he's always playing like the outside character so he's like an asian character who's literally equated the adopted to son yeah he's equated to the monkey in the show yeah he's like he's okay like, he's like he and the monkey are like they're both just adopted you they're know? the outsiders they're the outsiders and that's why he feels like maybe they have a bond yeah you know so like that's the shit that it's like and the 90s nostalgia this mm. one all of these all of these dabble in almost analog horror territory where there will be like weird commercials or weird like old media yeah like mm. the gordy's home thing is like that could be a creepypasta oh absolutely just like oh you've never heard of like because there are so many creepypastas that are like a TV show that never got aired. Like uh, Squidward Suicide. Exactly. Or the, or the Bart's Dead one. Yeah! That's my favorite one. Because it, like, it, it, it tells you the date that the world ends at the end. Oh, the fuck? Because like, it has this graveyard that has a bunch of people that are like guest stars on The Simpsons. But it shows the date of their death even if they haven't died at the time of the broadcast. And most of them are all on the same date. Oh wow! Oh, that's <laughs> cool. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I I agree. I like that this movie's crammed with ideas. Uh, and apparently, like, it was like even us. more crammed with ideas. I didn't get the time to watch the deleted scenes, but why is there a crab in a tiny little crab apartment in the trailer? Which I didn't even know about because I tried to avoid the trailers. It was in the first first trailer though. Is there's just a crab in a little apartment in so the trailer? I don't even remember that. I was, and I keep waiting. Is like, is that? Do they have a crab? <laughs> Who's got crabs? No, and that's why, because of the crab in the tiny apartment, people do, like, dissections on trailers, and it's so funny because it's so far off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, someone did an analysis of the first trailer, and they are like, oh, these are aliens turning people into horses. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's why the lady's got the teeth. That's oh why Gordy's hand looks like that when he's fist bumping. It's because they're turning into horses. <laughs> you don't get that until... Sorry to bother you. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, That's some Pinocchio shit. It is. But, uh, uh, the you know, island of earthly delights. So, so, so nope. Just like us, crammed full of a lot of ideas going on at once. However, unlike us, I feel like it sticks the landing on more of these ideas than us did. I would say that. No, and 
See, this is my problem is like... Or at least mostly sticks to landing. It's like, I'm not saying... I'm not saying I am a creative, but I do try to tell stories. Mm-hmm. So whether I mean to or not, when I watch a teaser trailer, I have a movie in my head that yeah. I think the movie is going to be. Mm. And I really thought that Nope was going to be about government drones being used to curb the African-American population. Oh, wow. Man. I immediately dark. got Alien from the trailer. I was just like... that's, But it was too obvious. And I was right to an extent in that it wasn't just, you know, aliens. Right. It was like it was something more complicated than that, but like... No, I really wanted, I thought it was going to be a cool conspiracy thing, you know, that was going to mm-hmm. get really fucking weird, like, you know, because they're also in the desert, you know, there's like so many things that you can do. Yeah, they're like on know? the outskirts, outskirts of Los Angeles. But instead, the authorities, like, don't exist in this movie. They really don't. It's like 35 people fucking get eaten by a UFO, and their blood gets dumped on your house, but the cops don't come by. Well, they are, <laughs> yeah. they are way, way out there, and the cops do kind of show up at yeah. the very yeah, like, end see, of it. Yeah, but see, like, they're well, they, like, they literally next-door neighbors with Jupes Landing, so it's like, yeah, they, they make a crime scene, and there's news people all over the uh, Jupes Landing, so, like, why aren't they, hey, I wonder if those people over there next door in the blood-covered house know anything. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> The blood covered the bloody wheelchair like on the fucking awning. I, I that's one of my favorite bits is um yeah when uh, Antler's holst comes yeah, in. Yeah, he's like there's a wheelchair on your roof. I do love the the um what happens to the TMZ guy though where he just like runs out. Oh, he's, oh that he's is my... one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah. He's my favorite character because his voice is so weird. It's like, "Hey." <laughs> Aren't you guys neighbors with those guys? What What do you think of that? And he's got the weird double camera rig. Yeah. And, <laughs> which I've just... And yeah, like we never see his face. And then he... He's yeah, got like the he, mirrored helmet. And like when... And like later on when he like fully eats it off the motorcycle and fucking uh, OJ tries to help him. And he's like, come on, Scorpion King. Don't you want to be somebody? <laughs> oh yeah. I love that dad is like... A factor in the plot is that they worked on the Scorpion King. <laughs> well, that's just how it's it is adorable. in Hollywood. Sometimes is that the highlight of your life will be a show shitty movie on. that nobody worked that nobody likes. You know, yeah. Which is funny, Floyd. We recorded the Mummy episode with Adrian right after right after Nope, nope. was out. Was <laughs> so like, we had yep. to make reference of Scorpion King being in Nope. Yeah, I. <laughs> I, I it, we, he had like Kreider had just seen the movie um, and I hadn't seen it. So Kreider was kind of more lukewarm about it as we like discussed it in bits during the Scorpion King Mummy episode. Yeah. Which is super weird. Yeah, because I, I remember Kreider and I saw this one together on opening weekend. And I remember I went in, we went into it. I was kind of underwhelmed going in. He was super excited. And it's like we literally mirrored each other. Yeah. I, I was fucking all about it. And he was like, oh man, I don't know. I thought it was going to be something else. Government drones, Jupe's hat. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. In some ways, I was like, I wanted it to be crazier. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's the hope with any of these I know. movies. But, yeah. I mean, and like, you, you gotta take it on its own merit sometimes. These these aren't our movies. This is Jordan Peele's movie. This is no. what he wanted to make. No, I, I know. One day, one day, they'll pick up 
Bobby drowns and realize how genius we are, and then we'll go off to Hollywood and we'll be the crazy that Jordan make, Peele we hoped he had been. I'll I'll make Sky Police. <laughs> Listen, they yeah. like they like suck you up and then they like ship your ashes to your family and this they charge a, your family for the. This is a reality where freaking the that stupid snowman movie with uh, Fassbender got made. So anything you mean about Detective Harry Hole? Yeah, <laughs> anything is possible. Okay. I, I was gonna say it's like Antlers Holst isn't as stupid a name as Harry Hole. Yeah. <laughs> Which Michael Wincott in this. I love so Michael Wincott. Great. He is great. Yeah, I was just rewatching The Crow recently He's and like great in this. even thirty years ago. That one. Even thirty years ago, Michael Wincott had a uh, really gravelly cigarette feeling, voice. Yeah, I'm feeling like I'm twisting and shaking myself. I love I love early when we were uh, finishing Nope earlier today. And it's like Michael Wincott. Do you just smoke cigarettes or do you just eat them? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's honestly Michael Wincott was kind of the the, the winning the, like, like the selling factor for me when I was like seeing the trailer for Nope. I was like, oh, Michael Wincott, which awesome. makes his death scene all the more fucking infuriating. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love no, he, he just has a giant hand cranked camera. <laughs> he would because he's a, a weirdo DP. But the um... <laughs> well, he's so. So his character Jordan like... Peele actually switched out his usual DP for Hoyt Van Hoytema on this one, mm. who is Nolan's usual cinematographer. Wow, that makes so much sense right now. And he's the guy who's like, "Oh, you got to do seventy millimeter to film a UFO," <laughs> yeah. you know. So like. Antlers Holst is kind of modeled after that Hoyt Van guy. Hoytema. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it's really... Hoyt Van Hoytema, for the most part, does an amazing job with this. There's a few technical issues that are really glaring to me. Um, especially seeing on the big screen, they shot the monkey scene in 70mm, and they did not push the CGI as far as any of the Planet of the Apes movies. No. So no. it looks yeah. way faker. Well, I don't think they had the same budget, but at the same time, it's years later that tech's probably cheaper That's now. That's why I'm like, they should. it's one of the guys from fucking Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. So, like, uh, the CGI. And then the fact that the last part of this movie takes place in the daytime. I kind of like that, though. Well, it's just so they can have magic hour for the last scene. Yeah. See, I don't care about that. I, I do like horror daytime set horror, though. I know, Jaws does it. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Tremors. Yep, and Tremors. What's that zombie one we saw? Um, it's mostly daytime, and like it ends with the the news reporter falling off the roller coaster. Oh, Nightmare City! That's the one. Nightmare oh, like, City! Oh my God, Nightmare That's City is great, and it's not the reporter; it's his girlfriend. Yeah, He's yeah, in the yeah. helicopter. Yeah, so it's uh, it's Hugo Stiglitz, the actual Hugo Stiglitz. Oh, wow! And it. he's in a helicopter. They're oh, you in, mean the actor? Yeah. Yeah, they're in a they're in a amusement park at the peak of a roller coaster yeah. and there a helicopter's picking him up hugo stiglitz gets in but then his girlfriend is trying to get in the zombies are coming up too fast so they got to take off so she's just kind of dangling he's hang she's hanging on and she fucking slips and he lets her go accidentally and they cut to a shot of a fucking mannequin dropping <laughs> it's and ping, ping, pinging around <laughs> in the roller coaster's fucking beam. <laughs> oh, I gotta see that. It's a oh, great it's movie. so great! Ooh, wow, man, there are so many girlfriends that are be that become mannequins. You it's, know, like in Ricky O. It's oh yeah, but his girlfriend just runs. <laughs> was, I thought jumps. that was his sister, not his girlfriend. 
It's supposed to be his girlfriend. Oh, I, I, I might be I thought it was his girlfriend in Rikido. I think it is his girlfriend. Actually. Yeah, I might be misremembering. They literally yeah. translated that movie without knowing the language. <laughs> <laughs> so no, depending I, I on which movie you my, watch, they'll like... My favorite mannequin in movies, though, will always be... Um, what is it? Dr. Butcher, MD. When the guy jumps out of the hospital window and it cuts to a mannequin falling. <laughs> and when it hits the ground, the fucking arm pops off and shoots across the ground. Nice. <laughs> and I think then they just cut to... The shot of the actor on the ground, like with blood on him. Now, I think Godfather. Oh, which one? The first one, where it's like uh, Michael's uh, Italian wife in the car explosion. Oh, oh yeah, when she just when she she pops out of the window. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, a great one. This is an obscure one. Is a uh, the Paul Rudd made for TV Great Gatsby. I don't what remember the that. Where uh, the chick gets hit by the car and like literally the top half of the mannequin flies off with just the legs <laughs> standing there and they like keep it in. I'd imagine that uh, the little kid in Mac and Me going off the side of the cliff was probably a mannequin in a wheelchair also. Oh, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't you, you wanted them to push the little kid off the cliff? I said I hope it was a mannequin. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Bad but anyways, movie, no. That could be is yeah. Speaking of uh, nope. <laughs> mannequins, so you have the um, wacky waveable arm filling tube man. Like wacky they're waving, called, inflatable they're arm called filling sky tube dancers. Man. I found out. No, they're not. They're called wacky waving inflatable arm filling tube man. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite joke with them is in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they're like, D, you dance exactly like one of those guys outside. <laughs> and she's like, she literally does. Like, she does the whole And then, like, later on, she's like, got, they have it on the boat, and she's like, man, I'm learning some great moves from this guy. <laughs> no, I, I do I do love the way they use the, the wacky, waving, inflatable arm flailing tube men. Like, they just have a whole field of them, and they're just watching them die as the thing fucking floats over. No, that's cool. I love... Very Jaws and Barrels. Very Jaws. So, like, yeah, the same way they attach the yellow barrels to the shark and Jaws. And this one... They have the horse decoy. Yeah, they have a horse decoy that has uh, these pennants hanging down the little flags, and that's kind of your indication that, you know, Jean Jacket's coming here. Jean Jacket. What an interesting name. Well, that was the name of the horse that... Um, no, I know. It's just a weird name. What's uh, this? Is It's Emerald, right? Emerald. Yeah, M. Yeah. Emerald and OJ. And, um, yeah, so, like, I really like their relationship. Yeah, I, they're, like, they're brother and sister, and their main focus is kind of, like, keeping the business afloat, even though they both have, like, different approaches to it. Yeah. Like, no, M is, like... She wants the business to succeed, but she's got her own side gig stuff going on. And then OJ wants the business to succeed. This is literally all he has. Yep. And he's just not super good at it by himself. No. And he like, well, clearly you can see that his dad's a bit of a charmer. You know? Yeah. And yeah. He didn't, ha- he well, doesn't yeah, have that as much. He didn't David get that at all. He didn't get the Keith. Da- yeah. He didn't get the Keith David jeans. It was <laughs> very, and uh, some people have said that Orenthal, that is, it, I don't know if it's Orenthal, that OJ is like, um, you know, maybe on the autism spectrum a little bit because I've heard he's that really too. tough with like he's really bad with eye contact and everything. Yeah, yeah. and uh, speaking publicly, and it's like it's such a rich character. Yeah. You know, I really love how he's really such a likable character too because it's exactly. like you, re- you really feel for him because you know obviously yeah, he's not as great as his dad is at running the business, but at the same time you can also kind of tell he's not quite there all the time. You know, he's, it's it, like the main events of the movie take place only six months after Keith David is killed. Mm-hmm. And Which, so like, you can and he's tell not he's, even, 
He's not even killed by the UFO necessarily, like, directly. He's not eaten by the UFO. Yeah. So the UFO, like, yeah, the UFO, after eating people, it seems to dump out inorganic material. Yeah. So it's like we hear in the background that these hikers are missing. Mm -hmm. And you can even hear them screaming a little bit on the wind. And then, like... Then all this stuff just starts coming down, like a, a set of keys, like you can sta- s- stabs into one of the horses, yeah, which will cause them to freak out. But then, yeah, like a nickel goes into Keith David's like eyeball, yeah, like, into his brain, so he's like alive, but you know, for he's taking him to the hospital, and he's brain like, dead. Uh, they're trying to keep him naming all the names of the horses to try to keep him awake. Yeah, God, that is so fucking sad. That and, was, and yeah. so like you can you can see also in Daniel Kaluuya's performance. Uh, there's there's definitely some depression in there still because it's like you know his dad's gone no and like i don't know man you know when you work with horses like you have to be a certain temperament Mm -hmm. it's like i don't work with horses my family does my Mm -hmm. mom and my sister and like you got to be chill you know you can't be you can't be an asshole because like horses know exactly how you feel Mm -hmm. they're extremely sensitive to like just micro movements and like that's kind of what they're trying to explain about the horse is that, you know, and this, the, the thing about the movie overall is that animals are animals, you know, like even a trained animal is still an animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I like to, um, there's uh, the scene early on their first, I don't, I don't know if it's their first gig, but it's the first one we see post Keith David's death where you see, uh, I think it is cause there's OJ's a guy who's like, I, I think, it, I think it's too soon. Yeah, it's like OJ's on set with a horse. It's like what, like a commercial shoot or something like I don't, that. I am, yeah, it's very confusing. It's a weird commercial. It's just and, like uh, one horse on a big green screen. Yeah, yeah. and uh, maybe it's a and you know he's you trying know, red to... spice, uh, old spice thing. Oh yeah, yeah maybe it's an old spice cutaway. And you know, like he he's trying to do his best to like maintain order around the horse. Like you know, he's like, hey hey, don't come up behind the horse. It'll get scared. Don't look it right in the eye. And the fucking asshole puts the uh the reflector yeah, right the reflector, up in front of yeah. it yeah um, which makes the horse like kick a bowl of chips out of the actress's hands that's like powder or something I oh, think. okay yeah, yeah whatever and it's like i do they're have like... a lot of questions about what they're shooting because like if antler's holst is so great why is he shooting this is like is he also not Maybe doing well he, he could also be washed up he's just sitting in his like he little studio like you know, putting together like weird documentaries of like creatures and eyes. Well, and it shit. could be one of those That's things like where like a he's project. He said, "Yeah, it could be one of those things where like he's just in between movies. He does this just to stay sharp and have something to do." Nah, I mean, yeah, I shouldn't talk to you. Money about in it. the bank. I wish I could do commercial jobs. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what's his face? Uh, Scorsese, like he directed a Michael Jackson video. Like you just do random jobs. Like uh, whatever in happened to Michael Jackson? <laughs> whatever happened to Martin Scorsese? <laughs> Whatever happened to well, Martin Scorsese fell into the Marvel rabbit hole, and he's a big Marvel stand now. Yeah, no. <laughs> he's directing um, the Thunderbirds movie. Oh, okay. I don't know. No, I'm joking. I'm not, <laughs> not, not sure if it's going to work out what for is it, him. Thunderhawks? Thunder Thunderbolts. It's Thunderbolts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, um... So, yeah, so Kiki Palmer comes on super late, and, yeah, she does her whole self-promoting, you know. Yeah, she... But she does mention that she can ride a motorcycle. Ooh, I wonder if that's set up for something later. My old college javelin. Remember? (laughs) (laughs) I like that's a perfect example of, like, bad Chekhov's gun, you know? Just, like, my old college javelin. And not even just that, but then the way they use it, too, which I still think is cool... 
is uh, in the finale, she does the Akira slide going into Juke's uh, landing when she's going to use the well camera to get the picture. It's like, you didn't need to do an Akira slide, but yeah. it still looked pretty cool. It's weirdly animated, that last part of the movie, with the Evangelion monster and the Akira bike slide. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, that's an amazing setup if that well is taking, like, 70 millimeter prints. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's... That can't be possible. <laughs> we already have the mechanical 70 millimeter hand cranked film, which I'm like, well, the thing of it frame is, rate's going to look crazy. The thing of it is, if you're shooting anything, like just one frame is like 50 bucks because it's 70 millimeter. Like it's going to be. That's why I'm like, they're just putting tokens in. And they're like, ha. It's like, that's a fucking expensive selfie. Yeah. And there's, that bulb in the fucking thing would have to be super bright to get anything other than a silhouette. Well, if you seventy millimeter, seventy millimeter is larger than uh, full frame, so you're gonna get a ton of light but coming in. But the sky in. is always brighter. <laughs> eh, you need a ton of light for this stuff. Like, the sun. Tons. Yeah, that's what he's saying. He hopes that the light, the flash bulb, is otherwise, enough. <laughs> if I leaned over and it was almost any day that's not like ninety percent overcast, and I took a picture, I would just be a silhouette. <laughs> <laughs> not to get all technical about. Photography. Mm. It'd have to be uh maybe it's just like maybe it's multiple bulbs in that well. It's just a big ring of bulbs. Now <laughs> Universal Studios turned part of it into Jupiter's claim. And I wanna know if if you go there is there if there's any fun stuff like can you get eaten? Do you get eaten by a UFO? They probably don't up? do that because of all the Vor people, so they're like, We don't wanna encourage that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, heaven forbid that my fetish be indulged at Universal Studios. <laughs> So yeah, no. Nope. Movies. It's nope. weird that the chimp has like weird special weird CGI, but the, oh, we talked about the U UPA has some great special effects. Like it looks really it cool and crazy. It doesn't. No, yeah. I'm going with my pronunciation. You unidentified phenomenon actually. <laughs> <laughs> um no, this the the effects for the UAP look really great. There are some yeah. shots near the end where it looks very balloony. I like know a weird but... Chinese spy balloon. I <laughs> <laughs> I, I like uh, though that when topical. we do, when we do finally get close ups of the UAP, it's got like that fleshy look to it. Yeah. No, that's what it kind of like. It, you think I was thinking it's a balloon, but it's like oh, it's actually fleshy. And then when you see inside of it, it's got like a very interesting like organic like these four kind of like bubbles that kind of contract. You know. I was looking at some interesting concept art for the thing, and there was like, like the basic, like the basic final form of the creature was always going to be like this kind of like weird, like the, of the thing or of Jean Jacket of Jean Jacket. Okay, I thought you were talking about the movie. Sorry. Wait, well, like, I thought you were talking about the, the thing. thing. <laughs> okay, well, here's the thing. But yeah, so a concept so art was, for Jean Jacket. Yeah, so the final like design of Jean Jacket was always going to be this weird like jellyfish monster. But there was like different shapes they were trying to look at for the saucer form that it does, where it was going to be a little more rocky or have a little more texture to it. Mm. But uh, I guess they went with the more like sleek, silvery thing so that it would be more like, you know, of that old kind of 50s. Like yeah. Versus mm -hmm. the flying saucer. Yeah, that kind of worlds. thing. But it's also turns into literally a cloud. Well, no, I think, yeah. I think the cloud is just like a masking device it has. I know, but the cloud doesn't move, so it's like generated in some way. Yeah, exactly. It does, it... Yeah, well, I get, I get what he's saying. He's saying that apparently 
the, the, like the clouds around it don't move, which is well, kind of yeah. weird even for air. It's like, it's like a camouflage. Yeah, it's a camouflage, but you'd still you see You have the like, clouds around it like dispersing or getting on top no, of it. No, and like, or... yeah. This, the, for an animal, it has a lot of convenient things like how does it disable technology? That could just be some kind of like byproduct of whatever it's putting out, like as it just moves around. Like it's just, it naturally puts out something that cancels electromagnetic waves or it does have that or something yeah no i mean maybe it's trans-dimensional it's like the opposite of us like us over explained and this one we get no explanation i know which is that better or worse because i I, think it's a little better it's better i think it's because of us that i thought it was going to be a government conspiracy i just kind of wish we got a little more under like it's the movie that i always think about in cases like this is alien like alien you don't know exactly where it comes from it could no, be a science experiment it could be a natural creature but you don't but really need to know yeah i know and like and it, it's more important answer has been very unsatisfying and the main thing you want to get from alien is just that it is how its life cycle works essentially yeah. mm-hmm. and you don't quite get that full picture when it comes to gene jacket like you get some of its abilities of like electromagnetic pulses and cloud dissipation and stuff like that but you don't fully understand how this creature would work in a regular setting like i don't even know like where did this thing come from and is it like does Hell, it need I air it could even? suck a golf ball through a garden hose <laughs> <laughs> all i know is it's got hella suction boy i mean it's a cool concept yeah. no i mean you know and like um it's been a minute since we got a ufo movie so that was cool and i, yeah, I, I think the that. last time was independence day too i love Oof. the vis- i love the visuals too like um does where, that count? Um, yeah. in, uh, when when Jupe is doing the show where he's demonstrating to a crowd of people Jean Jacket eating the horse, I, I love that slow push-in shot as the dust is swirling up around them and you just see the silhouettes of people getting sucked Yeah, up like shadows them. and you just hear them screaming. I that love that. That screaming part was like, like super disturbing. Like, oh, I, yeah, and then I, when they're all being... You just see them all being like sucked into the bounce house. Like yeah. the one thing I think back to when thinking about that is uh, a really terrible movie that had a really great trailer uh do y'all remember a movie called skyline yeah yeah it ended on the shot of these giant saucers just vacuuming people by the thousands up into them and that was such a cool image and the movie fucking sucked so bad same dickheads who did uh, alien versus predator requiem yeah skyline and starring scrubs scrubs is donald Faison. yeah i think oh, that's they, right yeah i think the i think that they like spent like a thousand dollars on the movie and then just like millions of dollars on cgi like literally like, <laughs> like it's a super low budget like yeah. what i'm what i'm getting at though is it's like you know i really like kind yeah. of more mature grittier updated takes on classic sci-fi tropes it's like you know like we all know the classic trope of like a ufo showing up and the beam comes down and pulls someone up into the ship like mm-hmm. that's classic ufo trope i love like gritty updates to shit like that like that idea in skyline like what we're seeing no, here the, with the uap that skyline trailer is amazing because it includes the um stephen hawking thing about like how you know encountering aliens would be kind of like how what it was like for native americans to encounter colonists yeah Yeah. Yeah. it didn't work out well for the natives it's like there's a you know it's a but aliens won't come here because they fear our smoke they see what we do to ourselves and they're like fuck they're crazy they're insane down there (laughs) 
Uh, you know, there's a lot of great concepts and like cinematography and Nope and good performances in Nope. And uh, this is the best day for night cinematography ever. That is so crazy to me how it's like this layered day for night kind of thing going on. Yeah. Or something. They shot it with infrared cameras. They shot it on 35 millimeter and an infrared camera, and then they took that data and they sandwiched it together using magic. That's mm. a lot. To get that look, but it works. Right? <laughs> I think maybe you're just using the infrared to just get, like, highlight data, and then you just darken everything else, and then just maybe take that, you know? Maybe. Although sometimes I will say that it, maybe it's too dark. Uh, in Daniel, the theater, it works really well. Well, when OJ is in the... And is hiding his truck... Yeah, but oh, that's what's way great about that dark. is the lightning reveals the UFO. Well, no, it's not. that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Daniel Kaluuya himself in the truck is, like, super-duper dark. You can almost... Yeah. Only like the only thing you could really see is his eyes. It's so dark in there. Well, he's a darker skinned black man that you have to. The lighting's always going to be tricky on him anyway. Yeah, there's now, a great video that I watched like about uh, lighting uh, darker skinned actors. That was really fascinating. How yeah. there's like these different theories to try and like work that out. Well, a lot of the sensors are lot racist. Of, they are. A lot of sensors are designed yeah, they, yeah, they for are. Asians and white people, and then yeah. everybody else has to like adjust to it. Mm-hmm. Daniel Kaluuya, we should. I just feel the need to mention that he is british and he never fucking slips no he is so good when at you fucking told us fading he would, the making the american accent i've never seen him like in the black mirror it. yeah i he's I, good I in that see, i didn't see that episode of black mirror that he was in um i've never seen him not er, i've never seen him do anything remotely british so when you told us that, that blew my mind. I know, it's like when you first hear Mia Goth and she's like, Oh, hello. <laughs> oh my god, oh, that Nichols. fucked with my head so hard. <laughs> does she do something closer to her actual accent in Infinity Pool? Oh, it's just her straight up accent. Oh, she just does her yeah. weird twi- she, Mia Goth, pixie Mia Goth, British yeah. accent? Isn't uh, Lupita... I am a child with, with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, Lupita Nyong'o is also British. Which is also pretty impressive. Pretty good, yeah. yeah. I can hear it a little bit. When he's when she's being evil, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> when she's her tethered self. Yeah. Oh, Which kind of sounds like our. Well, I mean, I don't know if it just sounds like Donald Pleasance or if it's crown. actually Donald Pleasance. Michael, you need to stop. No, Donald. Like he was, he was doing a thing for Halloween for whatever reason for <laughs> Donald Pleasance. Like no, he, but over time. <laughs> over time, yeah. But at the if you watch like Halloween Six, he's like. <laughs> oh, oh, my Michael Myers is my business. <laughs> I'm too old to do it again, Paul Rudd. <laughs> I'm too old for this we'll shit. Have to take over. Paul Rudd's first movie shot was Halloween 6, but Clueless was released before it. Mm. Um, but Paul Rudd's first movie was Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Rest in peace, George Wilbur. Oh, okay, I was going to say Paul Rudd? Ant-Man, <laughs> <laughs> hey, No! Wait, doesn't uh, Ant-Man come out this weekend? It does. Yeah. yeah. Quantumania! I can't I'll wait for it. Watch I'm it excited. eventually. I'm Probably curious. Matinee. I, ne- I really need to watch Wakanda forever, but it's on Disney Plus so I can watch it Wakanda whenever. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, uh, um, we got off track again. What were we talking that's about? Our, in that's our that's our podcast, okay? What were we but, talking about in regards to no lighting and cinematography? Yeah, no, and oh, it's oh, oh. So Ben Toytema does a good job. So you had brought up uh, the scene of him in his truck, and that's that's what I was trying to hang on to is uh, there's some really good suspense building in this, and oh, yeah. the best is that scene after it's eaten everyone at Jupe's place. Yeah, and it's just and, like looking around, and they're hiding in the house, and yeah, and uh, yeah, he Daniel Kaluuya is riding in the truck, but then it st- it stalls out while 
I wear my sunglasses at night is playing, and then it makes the song go super slow, which I'm like, what is that on a well, tape? No, that was that was in uh, that was in the other guy's van. Okay, but, but why is it on a tape? Maybe. Why is it slowing down? If Maybe it was on a cassette, to... yeah, it would do that, but nowhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's not, if it was an MP3, it would just stop playing. Yeah, if it was like anything other than a tape, it would just like completely stop. Like, yeah, like I literally, know. I remember like that's the only thing that like your once your battery was starting to die, like yeah. your tapes would just start to be like you know it's like this is the real life. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of like a like I feel like that only happens in tapes where it's like. The speedy slowdown thing, but it's never in videotapes where there's that. I don't know. No, I don't remember that with VHS so much. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Like, movies like... Sorry, that's a, it's a bit of a change, but I, it's really annoying when VHS tapes do the whole, like... They, too, get all, like, speedy and high-fast or backwards talk or slow down when you're slowing it. It's they like, can, it though, if you're taping over multiple things. It does? Okay. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. I mean, not with a regular VHS, though, um, right? Not, but, well, like, if you're just rewinding Bar- Barney for your fucking kid... So so like back to this though, um, you know the the scene where it's kind of patrolling over the Haywood Ranch after uh, eating everyone at Jukes. It's like we see, we've seen little snippets of it digesting all of these people and they're inside its yeah. body screaming and writhing. So then it kind of it's pouring rain. It hovers over the Haywood house and then you just hear this sickening crunch and all the screams stop. And then it just starts raining the blood over oh. the house. And like you see it kind of coming over the windows. And it's so creepy. Just such a haunting image. Now, and I do have some questions about that. Because like, it wasn't raining blood before. So is that because of the horse lodged in its throat? Nah. Maybe. I don't is that know. why there's all that blood instead of it just like so swallowing So it was constipated? Maybe, yeah. Hmm. Um, I also, uh, I know this is also the scene that has your favorite shot in the movie. Where it's hovering over Daniel Kaluuya's truck and uh the rain is just like yeah no that's such a great idea that like a ufo would have like just areas where it's not raining because like there's nothing under you know it's a it's blocking out the rain mm, maybe maybe the horse statue is like a butt plug and it just wanted to eat so much so that it could just like fire have more firepower to yeah no because it, it does out. finally <laughs> launch the fake horse back into oj's windshield yeah yeah i guess that's kind of because so i was a little confused about how like for six months Jupe was like fucking with this alien feeding horses and never yeah, well, once just... it got eaten. But I guess because it, and and but because the nope animal is like named Jean Jacket. Jean Jacket. Well, that's the thing. Was like... like he he understood that it feeds horses, and so he so he associated the statue horse and it feeling terrible to Jupe. And well, got that's revenge. the thing. Like Jupe's whole arc is him. It has to do with like exploiting and all that. So like when he finally has this big huge draw for his little stupid like dude ranch farm or whatever like he's thinking like oh yeah well i could control the monkey and stop it from killing me i can do the same 30 years later 20 years later with this enormous uh hitherto unknown fucking thing and he he does somehow at first but then eventually well and he's like he's way this is his first time showing it to other people and so there's like 30 or 40 people which is way more than the ufos used to it's probably too tempting for the ufo yeah it's like why would I eat this horse that's in a glass box when there's all this delicious chicken nuggets out here? Yeah. Which, I feel bad for the, the, the one other survivor, the lady. Oh, yeah. Because, like, she star. literally didn't do anything. Yeah, no, I right. know, but, you know, she should have learned her lesson the first time. What, never hang around that kid? Yeah, stay the fuck away from Steven Yoon. <laughs> stay the fuck away from Steven Yoon. 
and then like his whole family, his wife just. Whoosh, oh his yeah, kids. His, yeah. So his kids, because uh, because they steal the fake horse to try to use for bait, the kids dress up as aliens and try to scare Daniel Kaluuya, which is a really good scene. But then he like he punches one of them fully in the face, <laughs> and if you look in that scene, they're about to do a rap song before the UFO cuts them off. You see, one of them has a huge bruise in his face, <laughs> and I'm like, I guess Steven was like, "Well, oh, I guess you broke into their house." Yeah, you, you know? break into somebody's house, like, and scare the shit out of them and steal their shit. You get a punch to the face. No, and yeah, like, I agree. That the and, you know, and the trailers had that shot, which felt very signs. Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of around the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it felt exactly like a scene out of sight, which is probably you know that's a really good that's another good UFO movie that I really like. Is, I don't know uh, about good, but it's a UFO movie. Oh come on, it's memorable. <laughs> Say what if... you will about Mel Gibson. <laughs> okay, I will. No, nope. <laughs> it's memorable if nothing else, and it like made a an impact or whatever. So that was like Joaquin Phoenix being like insane every... before that was every Joaquin Phoenix movie. I, I, still, I feel like most everyone brings that movie up just to talk about. The uh, him watching the video of the birthday party in Mexico where the one I know that's like considered like a huge scare. It's like I don't get it. (laughs) It just walks by. I remember it's like ah, biggest scare. My brother saw that in uh, when he was in high school. He saw it in theaters and he was like, "That got a jump scare," and like he was like really freaked out about the movie or whatever back then. I laughed. I don't know that movie. (laughs) That movie I really I always liked it, and it's like. It's really interesting how goofy I find M. Night Shyamalan as an adult, because when I was a kid, he was like the height of terror. Yeah. Huh. But now I'm like, oh, he's just a really weirdly Christian, like, Spielberg knockoff. What yeah. a twist! <laughs> yeah, the twist ending was that he wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what not fair. Twist. Split Split is a, Split is one of the best horror movies in the last couple of years. Like, that's actual elevated horror. I re- mm. and, and Unbreakable is my favorite movie by him. I think that's his, like... This is one of his Unbreakable is good, yeah. I yeah. love Unbreakable. If only they did a sequel to those two movies. <laughs> Whoa. Listen, he tried with Glass, but it just... It wasn't bad. It was very low budget because he funds his own movies now. I like Glass. Kind of has to. I do want to see Knock at the Cabin. It's like... It oh, reminds well, I guess me of, one of us has to. It reminds yeah. me of us. <laughs> how, how does it remind you of us sitting here? Like... Uh, uh, terrible. <laughs> so hey do we do we want to go ahead and rate nope real quick yeah let's uh let's do, no no i was just saying like oh. overall speaking i'm glad that you know jordan peele is a modern auteur you know and like he hasn't topped get out yet no he that's hasn't. a problem but it's also good for us because these are all good movies you know and you know jordan peele was not the only one to finally hit a filmography of three movies in 2022 either we got Alex Garland with men. Oh, God, no. Control, control Z. Undo. I didn't mean it like undo, that. Undo. Undo. We're talking about um, uh, High Floyd. All right. What? Which Robert Eggers movies? Which three? So oh, there's yeah. um, The Witch, The Lighthouse, and uh, The North the North Guy. The The Trilogy. Yeah, I've only, the only one I've, that I haven't seen is Witch. Are the others you have seen? No, I like The Witch. Do you want to borrow it? I will borrow it, sir. All right. Um, Do you have men? Somewhere. Oh, there it is. You want to borrow men? Yeah. He's got he's, he's got it next man. to Possessor. He's going to watch it. Yeah. Um, Ooh, what an interesting trilogy Floyd will be watching. <laughs> <laughs> Modern <laughs> movies are weird. Floyd, what do you rate? Uh, nope. Uh, I'd say somewhere between like seven and eight. So higher than uh, 
uh, us, but like not like dramatically higher, like a B plus or something. Can't, yeah, can't get higher than us, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. I, I would give this like an, a solid eight out of ten. I liked it more than us, but not as much as Get Out. I'm gonna go crazy. Nine. Because really? I gave Get Out a 10 out of 10. Like, nope. You know, it's like, as much as, like, I didn't love it at first, like, I was thinking about it a lot. You know, it's like, that movie is stuck in my craw like a metal horse that I can't digest. <laughs> now I'm going to give it a <clears throat> 7 out of 10. Ooh. It's it's fine. Tough critic. It's fine. Tough. Tough it's crowd. fine. <laughs> Tough crowd. <laughs> Tough crowd. Yeah, I know. I'm a, I'm a monster. Um, so that's triptych. It's just so hard, but yeah. Get Out exists. Like, if I were to rate this trilogy now, as we will, Floyd, do you think, like, I don't know, like, so what we do is we kind of rate it as a trilogy and say if this would work as a trilogy to watch and enjoy, or if it's just, like, the the parts of it are better than the whole. I mean, it's not, obviously, it's not going to be cohesive because it's so Three disparate, so many different things, yeah. but as just, like, a, it's a Sunday, you got... Six hours to kill. Yeah, I'd watch it. So what would you rate this trilogy? Uh, maybe like a B minus, high C. Okay, I'd rate the 10. whole trilogy. Out of 10? Yeah, so like a 7 or A B or out eight. of 10. A <laughs> this seven. isn't algebra, Floyd. A 7 or an 8, somewhere in that neighborhood. <laughs> commit to something for once in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I Sam, commit to nothing. I, can, I, I agree with Floyd. Uh, yeah. no. <laughs> I too wish to give it a B out of 10 <laughs> and the equals is an excellent and you have to figure out what the exponent of B is an excellent <laughs> but no I will, I'll give it I'm going to give it like a uh, like. I'm going to give it like an 8 out of 10 I'm going to be nice because overall it's a really good experience of watching these movies like in a row it's just that it's it's not a drop in quality as it goes it's a V shape, but it's just like, you'd be better off just watching Get Out. But if you really wanted the experience of understanding Jordan Peele's movies, I think an eight is pretty solid. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with you on that. Eight's a fair assessment. You know, it, it took me a while to really kind of catch on to Jordan Peele, the horror director. But I'm really glad that I did because I love how different each of these movies feel from each other. And it makes me excited to see what his output will be like going forward from this. Like, what? is he going to continue giving us something new and diff vastly different than what came before with each new property he does from here on? It'll be interesting to see. So, yeah, I think uh, as a good introduction to Jordan Peele's style, yeah, definitely an 8 out of 10. I give it an 8 out of 10. And, you know... If we're talking about rewatchability, uh, us is very watchable. If only to like pick out all the artsy and symbolism and all that out of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, but it's also just a fun horror comedy with like some good kills. So, like, yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's just what I want. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's that's like fair. A, a light movie with it's like, like a good kill movie almost. Yeah, no, I mean it's, it's like a, something you can put on in the background and have on while you're doing shit. It's like Lost Boys. Yeah, exactly. You know? I like, just, I wonder where. Peel is gonna go from here because he hasn't done anything um, licensed yet. Like Candyman's yet. the closest. Yeah, the, yeah. Candyman was a pre-existing wise, IP, uh, but he didn't own. direct it. 
Mm. And he didn't direct Twilight Zone either. He mostly produced and wrote. And Rod Sterling. So here's here's an interesting idea. Should he take on a licensed property to direct, what would y'all want to see him do? Well, I remember after Get Out happened, he, he was, was like do. Akira. Oh, I remember that. And then Everybody ta- I think, I think Taika Waititi was attached to Akira as well. And so was Ryan Johnson. Was it... I thought no, isn't Taika Waititi attached to Mobi to a uh, Mobiusism? Um... No, he's currently attached to Mobius to the Mobius. Um... Uh, fuck, what am I? The Inkle. Yeah, the Inkle. He's currently attached to that. He and Jermaine Clement. Okay, I thought. But before that, they were gonna do Akira. They were um, okay. Interesting. And then of course, I remember hearing that Jordan Peele was at one point gonna be doing a new version of Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. That I would there love go. to see. Which, <laughs> That's definitely one of the movies that I think is hugely influential for him because it's like a social horror. See, yeah. here's the thing though. If you're gonna do that, I'm gonna be hyper critical of that because People Under the Stairs is my favorite Wes Craven film. And yeah, me too. I worship that movie to no end. And so if someone's gonna come through and do a remake, that motherfucker had better be perfect i mean i would have uh, we we were saying the same thing about evil dead and then yeah you know evil dead happened but i mean hey i mean if you look at the trend of remakes there are more way more misses than there are hits oh so, fuck yeah. So, yeah yeah um but uh what would y'all uh, like to see him tackle well like yeah people under the stairs is interesting i don't know what you could really do with that that hasn't already been you know i mean it was such a good thing on its own um shit man Hmm. Huh. You know, he is pretty good at anime stuff. Maybe he could do like, you know, kind of pull up Robert Rodriguez did with uh, Alita Battle Angel. I wonder if he could do something like, uh, I don't know about Akira, but maybe something like uh, Yu Hakusho, maybe. <laughs> or here's an like idea. Who's, doing, who's doing the Scanners remake? Oh man, that's been happening forever. Yeah, I, I would remember... fucking kill to see a Jordan Peele Scanners. I, I remember when uh what's his name um michael michael bay was gonna do video and scanners yeah all, what? Uh, along with uh the writer of um dark knight uh not, not yeah. either of the nolans um, uh, david goyer david goyer was attached for writing video drum at one point here's an idea blade david goyer blade yep. david goyer yep. yeah blade trinity david goyer <laughs> <laughs> Here, blade episode coming at some point i think maybe probably yeah, i'm not. sure yeah um eh, but uh I think we could do it here's an idea since you brought up jordan peele's and uh, jordan peele and his kind of connection with anime and stuff like that imagine jordan peele a, doing an americanized adaptation of anything from junji ito Oh, oh wow! Holy like shit. imagine, imagine Jordan Peele's Uzumaki. Oh man, I really wanted. To, yeah, <laughs> that would take a lot to get that even made. Like, that, yeah, wow, that would be his own pocket. That... Did I tell you that I wanted to do an adaptation of a Geo, but set it in Florida? Yeah, <laughs> it, would really, it would work really well. Yeah, you know, like in Tokyo Fish Attack, it's Florida Fish Attack. Dang. I have a fucking giant walking shark. I could give myself nightmares. <laughs> such a weird, weird creator. Oh, Junji Ito is the shit. Oh, I yeah. fucking love him. My friend's uh, girlfriend loves him. Like, yeah. love, love, loves him. It's uh, it's the only thing, it's the only thing that's kind of keeping me interested somewhat in Diablo 4. Mm. Even though what? I, uh, they're apparently taking a lot of inspiration from Junji Ito and making Diablo 4. Oh, okay. I know, I know the new Silent Hill certainly is. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's a Japanese, yeah, they're doing like a really, it looks very Uzumaki inspired. I don't know, I kind of would want 
Jordan Peele to kind of stick to doing just like original, original stuff properties kind of like Christopher Nolan does but who knows I'm sure there's probably going to be like some kind of Dark Knight trilogy that he's going to be doing you know it'd yeah. be really fucking tight it's just like if we finally did like a really good high budget Night of Living Dead I want to see fucking the... IMDB I want to s- again just a really good Night of the Living Dead remake I want to see cool. somebody take the um, the original script that Romero had for uh, Day of the Dead and no, do that. Shit. That I, I want. That I am going yeah, to Briggs do. That that. That's my fucking. If Jordan Peele beats you to the punch, I won't be upset. I won't either. I mean, I will be upset, but I won't be upset that it's him. Yeah. But uh, no, that's mine. I'm going okay. to do that one day. Now I'm just looking at movies now that I have on my shelf, but <laughs> no. now, Spike Lee did an old boy remake. What if fucking um, Jordan Peele did a, an American version of I Saw the Devil? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, when you're making that comparison, no. Because oh. I Saw the Devil, like, just leave it alone. It's already great. Yeah. Don't fuck with it. It's fantastic. Um, but you know what, though? Enough of talking about what Jordan Peele may or may not do in the future. What are we going to yeah, do Yeah, I don't in even the future? remember what our next episode... We're shooting right now, like I said, so we're like, my brain is is gone. Sam's our, our admin guy who keeps up with all of this. He's the producer slash admin. He's the, he's, he's, he's the backbone of the whole thing. I need to step up and do a couple more, like, social stuff, honestly. That's fine. Yeah. Socialism is important. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of, so the next thing, like, you know, we're, we're talking horror now, and uh, next month will be no exception. Oh, boy. <laughs> and uh, which is why we're going to look at a trilogy that I haven't seen anything of. Okay, I remember what this episode oh, is. Are we... We're doing Fulci's Gates of Hell. Oh, shit. This is a trilogy that is oh, very, very near and dear to my heart. This is one of my picks, and I cannot fucking wait for this one because... <laughs> I can't. W- I'm mostly interested to see how Sam is going to react to some of these. Um, have, you, have you seen any of these movies, Floyd? I believe I've seen them all. Let me just double check. It's, uh, it's, like, it's avant-garde Dead. horror it's, meets Lovecraft. It's City of the Living Dead, uh, The Beyond, and House by the Cemetery. Yeah, I've seen them all with you then. Yeah, wow, yeah. If, if we thought, if you thought that Nope or Us was confusing, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ramshackle. Boy. Wait until you see the Italians do their take on cosmic horror. Oh, oh it's boy. so great. Yeah, well, I can't wait for this is, one. Is that uh, morgue scene. Oh, my God, it's yeah. <laughs> now, these are... We won't say many details because I want Sam to go in as fresh as possible. Oh, I'm pretty fresh. I've stayed away. Have you seen the original um, Suspirio? Uh, no, I haven't seen anything in So Suspirio. you haven't seen any giallo? Like Italian horror from no, the 70s, 60s or 70s? I'm, I'm really trying to think if I have... You've seen Spaghetti Westerns, which are, you know, the giallo yeah. Westerns. Let's see, giallo. But yeah, like, all Italian movies are marred by dubbing and just, like, slightly shoddy workmanship. They cranked <laughs> out these movies at a very fast pace, too. Like, City of the Living Dead came out in 1980, and then both The Beyond and House by the Cemetery were both dropped in 81. So it's like... Fulci would film with two cameras out pointing in opposite direction. No, I'm joking. <laughs> there is a guy who did that, though. I'm trying to remember. It's the guy who did Tulane Blacktop or something. Oh, okay. But yeah, I, I I'm very excited to dig into Gates of Hell and really dissect it. This is one of my favorites when it comes to gnarly exploitation horror. And Fulci's the godfather of gore. So. I've only actually seen the first one, City of the Living, City of the Living Dead. So yeah. it's City of the Living Dead, The Beyond, and House, House by the Cemetery. Yeah. 
it, you know, it's, it's, like, it's great. The giallo flavor, the only person that ever replicated it for American cinema for me was Coscarelli. Yeah, I could see that. Like, Phantasm is bordering on, a, like, the opening with mm-hmm. the woman, you know, stabbing yeah. the guy and turning into Angus Lady Grimm. Lady Lavender. So fucking giallo. And maybe even, like, not even by design, you know? Maybe he's just tapping into the same shit. Yeah. Because he is Italian. Cascarelli. Cascarelli is Italian? Holy shit. Hey, it's me, Don Cascarelli, yeah? But, uh, this was fun, though. This, this is, is great, a guys. lot of fun. Floyd, thanks, thanks for, for joining us, through, Floyd. Floyd. No problem. We should, um, <laughs> we should do another episode, you know, make the time to watch everything together. That's a lot of the joy is when we get to watch them together, but mm-hmm. we're really busy this month. Mm. I'm but, glad uh, you could join us and, uh, give us your insights. Yeah, no, and if you want to promote anything. Yeah, please. Do you have any socials or anything you want to promote? I know you're not really doing that. Uh, not right now. I mean, not that pertains to anything like this. And then I barely uh, use my social these days because I don't want to give Zuckerberg any fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> any more than uh, I accidentally have to. Well, you know, we, we all have to we all have to like work in in society. As Philip, Seymour, as Philip Seymour Hoffman said in The Master, every man must serve Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Uh, where can we find us, though? Uh, but if you you want to find anything that uh, Floyd has helped us in creating as part of our wonderful crew, you can check out all of our films on teaminsomniacfilms.com. We've got all of our films there and links to everything else. Yeah, Team Insomniac Films on YouTube. Yep, as well as there. And we've got Team Insomniac Films on Facebook, Instagram, and, and Team Insomniac FL on Twitter. And I am at Crowd of the Writer on Instagram. I am at Briggs underscore Metal Revolution on Instagram. And uh, Briggs, you're you're in a couple of bands right now. Yeah. You had your first one... performance of Orb Weaver, right? Yeah. Congratulations Orb on o- that, man. Opening mm. for Mortician at Gramps. That was fun. That yes. was amazing. <laughs> Way to go. And then maybe uh, some unannounced stuff in the, All right. uh, in the future going forward. <laughs> I'm announcing unannounced stuff. Now that that'll be awesome, man. Uh, so yeah, check out Orb Weaver. Check out Briggs' uh, Metal Revolution. And Sam, where do we find your artwork? Oh, you can see my artwork as uh, Big Boss Tune on Instagram. Doing great lately, man. So, oh, well, thank I mean, you're you. always, I've always loved you, but you're doing really good lately. Oh, thanks. I'm, uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm trying to get into more, like, I don't know, fan arty shit. No? That's where the money is. Yep. <sighs> Discworld yeah. fan art. Yes. Okay, so we'll see you at... Terry Pratchett. We'll Terry you Pratchett. The, we'll see you at the Gates of Hell next month. Yep. Yay. Bring your uh, shorts. It's going to be hot. Thank <laughs> you.